Warning, audiences everywhere are growing concerned about distasteful and gruesome films. Just stop right there. Stay back, boy. This calls for divine intervention. Resurrected. I'm born again. Holy shit. Must be all this fresh air. It gives me hay fever. It's the hard rain, anyway. It's 100% pure, uncut. I'm sure it is. Barry, do me a line. I've got a little treat for you. Is that the one with the donkey in the china, mate? Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 221 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live and direct with the original three up in the Skype studio tonight. We got Double Shot J, also known as Jeremy Patrick, NES Ruler 22, also known as the Jew, and I'll be your host, the Toxic Offender, Moods. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Moods, did you get Jackass yep. or no? Yeah, we got it. Of course, I, they had to have got it. Yeah, no, Did we got it. I was no? actually gonna, I was actually gonna take my kid to go see it, and I just no. been busy and, and stuff. He, I, I let him watch well, all the jackass a lot of shit. Dicks in it. There's yeah. a lot of dicks in this one. Whatever, man. I, I, he's watched he all the other jackasses, though, so, so I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, man. But no, I, I do want to. Lots of wieners. Why is there so much wieners in it? When you seen jackass? Why is there? Remember, I watched on MTV. Why is there so much wieners in it? That's ridiculous. Oh, there's there's a there's a great deal of dick in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's well, good to know, I guess. More maybe, than the other ones. Maybe, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe I'll less surprise. poop than normal. And the way first more and the first ever gooch shot I've ever or taint shot I've ever seen in a movie too. <laughs> okay, well maybe it's it's pretty hard R then I guess. Oh, um. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we did we did get it. I expected to. Um, man, that, that honestly, man, like there has been nothing coming out in the cinema that I've been interested in at all. Me and um, somebody were just talking about that. There's like just nothing coming out. I was like, yeah. we got Scream and then Jackass and nothing. <laughs> I know it just seems like it's very far in between uh, trips to the to the cinema, and it's gonna be like that. It seems like all year. Like I keep googling to see if I miss something, and I'm like, I. Don't see nope. anything I'm overly I mean, that interested in. The Foo Fighters um, got the Foo like, Fighters movie. I might check out movie. Death of the Death of the Nile, the Agatha Christie thing. Oh my yeah, god, dude! So. I've seen so, I have so many edition or versions of Death of the Nile. It's just crazy that they're still redoing Agatha Christie. Like I'm not joking. That story has been done a hundred <laughs> times in in cinematic forms. Like it's just crazy. Like why? Like 2022, still doing Agatha Christie. Well, they just did the murder on the Orient Express, so I think it's like the same. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's all based. Cast. It's all based off of yeah. The no, but I'm it. saying it's just it's like the same cast. Right. It's like an ensemble. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm not overly interested in it because I mean I've seen so many versions of it. I'm just like uh whatever. But but for actually yeah, Liam Neeson has another movie come out this week and. I don't want to see that shit. Like Looks like a typical Liam Neeson movie. Oh, I guess there is. Well, I mean, it's not cinematic, but or 
in the cinema, but the new Chainsaw movie, which is when is it dropping on Netflix? Next week. Uh, next week. Is it ne- yeah, next I, week? So yeah, I've heard. I mean, people have been roasting that movie. Um, <laughs> so All the trailers is. I didn't kind of, watch. It's kind are, of they, level, are they roasting bit. the trailer because who has seen it? Yeah, the trailer. <laughs> uh, but you know yeah, what, man. Just... Chainsaw is one of those franchises that, it, you know, the Chainsaw fans are nowhere near as, as corny and terrible as the Halloween fanboys. Um, True. But you got to be honest, man, like the, the Chainsaw franchise is a mess, but it, there is. The Leatherface really... looks kind of, they're kind of, they're pulling a, a Halloween 18 kind of thing where there's like, Sally's coming back to Texas to, well, the you know, that... come face to face. Again yeah, but with the funny thing but... about that is, is like. Chainsaw was like the first one to do that. I know, because but they kind of did like, it with 3D, right? Like as like yeah. a sequel to the original. Yeah, but now they're just like, but now that it's like kind of like identical to Halloween 18 with Laurie Strode coming back to face Michael Myers. Yeah. Now it's yeah, Sally coming back to face to face with Letterface. It's but this like, is like they're they're making another direct sequel. Like this franchise is just a mess. Like it's the worst. Plus, it's the fact that it's called franchise. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I, I mean, movie. I mean, yeah, but isn't it the first one called that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know it, it's I a stranger. I don't know. <laughs> it's they I mean, it the... just it just seems like you know they, they've made like these direct sequels to the original, and then they've kind of like remade the movie as like I don't know, like part three, and then there's part four that's kind of like a satire. Like this franchise, it's just a complete mess, man. It's so messy. Um, but you know, honestly, man, I still think that the Leatherface movie was completely, it, it was kind of mistreated. You know, it was unfairly hated on. I know a lot of people liked it and a lot of people the didn't like it. The prequel is the best one. That's what the I'm saying. The prequel to the remake. That's the best one. Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. See, <laughs> see, that's the thing with the change. They went off and did a remake and then they, you know, they did a, a prequel to that and then they just kind of left that shit alone and they went back to the original franchise but then they they started to make a prequel to the original chainsaw with leatherface and i always felt like there was like at least two more movies leading into the original film which they of course abandoned and i think they could have really you know kind of exposed well, the story the freaking and, and, rights changed again but they I really think. i think so they could have like, made some really pain in the ass yeah they, they could have made some interesting follow-ups to leatherface and I, I still think Leatherface is completely unfairly hated on though, man. I think it's a pretty decent movie. And like when I people talk really solid. Yeah. When people talk about it, they're like, Oh, it's so stupid that this wasn't Leatherface. And blah, blah. I'm like, the fuck you like, did you not watch the movie? Like, it's just ridiculous. But I felt like it was a good start to have like two more prequels leading into the original. And it would have been kind of cool to see that. But, but instead we get a, we get another sequel to the original movie. <laughs> like, what the fuck? this is the second yeah. one. This franchise is so, it's it's almost messier than Halloween, man. It's just they haven't really. There's not even really a variety of movies when you really think about it. For having like nine or ten movies, it's crazy. So yeah, I, I it's such a weird like whenever you look at the fact that like since 2003 we've had five Chainsaw films, and since 2003 we've had one Friday the 13th movie. It's kind of nuts when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um. But the Chainsaw franchise, like, I just watched part four, like you did, for 94. <laughs> like, that movie is so fucking bad, dude. It so is it's bad. like, I don't think you, like, no matter what, this next one's going to be better than that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so people's ridiculous. arguments are like, you know, it's, um, you know, it's it's the, it's the writer redoing it, and he just wanted to make oh. it a little bit more over the top. and But, I mean, it, it's just, it's ridiculous, though. It's straight satire, and it's just like... I mean, 
the acting in the movie is so it's just honestly dude it gets it gets on my last nerve to be honest like everybody I think in that film. Matthew McConaughey is pretty good I know his character is meant to be over the top and stuff but there's even points in that where McConaughey is just like holy fuck dude <laughs> Like he gets to the point like it, where he's even he's even repeating one liners from Days and Confused. Shit, it's just like oh my god! Like I don't yeah, know how but this it, came out before Days and Confused, right? No, 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 it came no? out. No, it was actually filmed even after Days and Confused was filmed and it, it came out in ninety three. Yeah, it 93. came out, but they filmed uh, it in like yeah. ninety two, right? So it's actually quite a bit older. Um, okay. Yeah. So this one, I think of you know, it came out ninety four originally. But I think it got released in '97 or something like that. Uh, technically, it, it never. It only did like a festival in '94. It didn't yeah. come out till '99. Well, oh, I thought the original. I thought the original theatricals were, were in '97, and that was the big controversy too. Because by '97, of course, Matthew McConaughey maybe it was '97 was already pretty famous and shit, and they didn't want their faces promoting the movie that was getting theatricals and stuff. There was that, all that thing. It was kind of yeah. funny because yeah, there was actually Renee, a lawsuit. Yeah, Renee Zellweger factory removing McConaughey's face. On yeah, the cover. well, that's that's yeah. the remember thing. They, remember that they had the cover with him and yeah, Renee Zellweger, and well, then they. And it was it was a big well, thing because Renee really Zellweger, wasn't McConaughey, it was his like agents. Yeah, well, the, the agent represented both of them. Right. Yes. Yeah, and that was the thing, right? And, and of course, this movie gets its bigger, wider release a couple years after they'd been famous. It, like, go figure, they blew up. And uh, yeah. yeah, so that's that. And then you get dude, that movie is such a mess. There's articles of uh, Kim Hankel in Fangoria from before the movie came out. There's actually a really good video where somebody put all this together on YouTube that I watched after watching the movie, but he was saying that the characters in his movie are like much more like realistic and like grounded compared to the other <laughs> films in the series. But, but, like, but, 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 the like which ones like Matthew McConaughey's character is so cartoonish. In fact, everybody's cartoonish in that movie. Like the guy who, you know, the dude who does, um, the, uh, the quotes, like the historical quotes. Yeah. Yeah. That was supposed to be um, Jim Seidel, mm. um, but he turned it down, so they kind of warped the character a little bit. That originally was supposed to be the cook, mm. which is like fucking weird to think about because <laughs> it's like it, it, even the opening title scroll is like really weird because it's like it's like says it acknowledges the sequels, the part two and three. But it basically says like they were unrelated incidents. It's like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> what are you? They what are you happen, talking but about, they have nothing though? to do with our Leatherface. That's like another crazy family that has a cook and a dead grandpa at the table, and yeah, right. yeah. The, oh, and also, I I want to say that this what this these two were supposed to be the adoptive family of Leatherface. Like, like they had kind of found him because there's the whole plot of like the, um, the Illuminati and, and Wilmer and the, everybody are killing people for the Illuminati. So it's almost like they brought in, they like brought in Leatherface too, to help out with that. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's just, but they're not actually like related, like in the or other film. It's just a fucking mess. Like who, in what world? But they're killing did, people for the Illuminati for doing, what reason? To to elicit fear, 
so that the world yeah, but, can be afraid. But I mean, the thing is, though, if, <laughs> if you if you exploit the murders that much and stuff, like it's 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 not going to continue. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just keep killing people forever without like everybody knowing and, and you know they're being a you're putting a stop to it and shit like that. It's just it's a ridiculous concept. Or you start killing it's mass quantities of people. Literally like, stupid. Authorities are going to step in and be like, yo, like they're going to figure that like it's just not going to happen. So it's a, it's just such a stupid idea, right? Like incorporating this Illuminati idea. Like it just made, it, it always made no sense to me, right? To, inf- yeah. to, inf- to infuse fear. I'm like, no, it would never, it, you just couldn't do this. Like you're trying to take it this. It just doesn't belong anywhere in a movie, in a like slasher, in like a backwoods slasher film. No, like the, honestly, the last like 20 minutes of this movie is so utterly retarded. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just so poorly written. <laughs> it's just Dude, bad, man. Like a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, you know what? Chainsaw 4 sucks, but it's like, I enjoy it. And then I watched it and I was like, why do I keep thinking I enjoy this movie? I say that all the time. Then I watch it and I'm like, this sucks. And you know what? the problem is with the next generation too i always i always forget every time i watch this movie which seems to be i've seen a few times now but i always end up watching the director's cut which is so pointless it doesn't even add anything it's just like it's just scenes of like you know dialogue and and there's not really any more gore it adds that's not in the original cut that is changes things is um there's that scene where renee zellweger whenever Vilmer like grabs her and she like flings away real hard and she's like she's like don't ever touch me or something well that comes off like kind of weird if you don't see the beginning where her stepfather is like trying is like abusive and like sexual predator yeah because (laughs) that's the only that's like the real thing that the director's cut adds is that subplot with Renee Zellweger which again is you know it's it doesn't retarded it doesn't even really matter but uh yeah and then you know the thing is the screen factory release of this too so the director's cuts in standard definition and it looks like trash too so i mean if you're ever just gonna watch uh, yeah. just, just watch you, the you regular what, cut in high def which is got a decent transfer i kind of like when they're like that though well not this not this is the whole thing in standard def or just, it's just the no 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 yeah, the whole, it's just the scene no 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 the whole thing's in standard def it, it says read on the case it okay. says and the director's cut in standard definition so and uh, but I, I brought this up before i said why didn't they do it like a lot of other releases you know remember with the uh, my bloody valentine they yeah. they remastered the whole movie but then you know they obviously the cut material you can tell but i think with the new bloody valentine they really did a good job of remastering that cut um scenes oh, okay. man it like yeah, it, it really does like remember the original release of it where you could really tell what was cut and stuff in the screen factory they mastered it so well you can't even tell where the cuts are even though you know where they are um Silent but Night, I, deadly night as well yeah and i don't understand why they didn't do it this no, one Re- remaster the director's yeah. cut but if you couldn't get good quality on the cut stuff you know you could at least you can tell where it is and stuff but at least put the effort into putting it into uh, hd because the things in well, I, def. I kind of like when the, there's a quality drop in the uncut footage because then you get to yeah, see as like long as the, like, you the know whole movie's exactly in high def cut and you're like wow yeah there was a lot that like this movie is so much better like my bloody valentine i watched it in the theater um mm. recently right like i don't know two years ago or something and it was the standard cut it wasn't the uncut version and i was like wow man like this is a huge this is probably one of the biggest differences in in movies is the uncut versus the standard cut for my bloody valentine because it is such a better movie with the uncut like there's there's like no gore in the the other cut they cut they cut out 90 percent of the gore and that's right that's that's what happened with the original release is like 
it just got nailed with the fucking certificates. They're like, well, you got to cut this out. And that's, that's one of the most chopped movies like ever. I think, man, like it changes the complexity. It's like minutes and minutes of gore. The the original actor died this past week. Yeah, that's right. RIP, yo. Um, But yeah, it's just like, I kind of like being able to see like what was cut out. It's a neat, it's an unintended cool feature. Yeah. But I don't know why they would do why they would do the whole fucking thing in standard def. That's fucking stupid. I know because yeah, they, at least like just insert the stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, why didn't they? Because yeah. they remastered the theatrical in high def. So just use that and insert the uh, the cut material. Right. Yeah, I just feel like Scream Factory never goes the extra mile on anything. They I know. Do. I, yeah, I that's just why Vinegar Syndrome's good. They just really. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense to me. It's, it comes off as being pretty lazy for sure. Consider you it, have I don't a high depth transfer. Nothing they do, they ne- it never feel. They it always feels like they do the bare minimum of yeah. like. While Vinegar Syndrome and other companies like try to do the maximum, you know right. what I mean. Like I was really bummed when like they announced Cursed and everybody's like, "Holy shit, we're getting like the the other version Crazy. or uh, something." Yeah, it's a standard. And it's one. like, nope. And it's like, well, what, it, they have the unrated version on there, but that's yeah. not what that is, <laughs> you know. Right. But it, it's like they don't even say on the feature, like they're not even like, oh, but like we got all the footage is a feature because I, I think that the problem, like one of the problems, is that Craven cut never the ending of it was never completed. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's, I know people would still be interested to see the rest of the footage. I, I mean, I would be interested. In- interested to see that footage for sure but i don't think it's going to change my mind on the movie because i think I, <laughs> curse came out in 2005 right so i rewatched it for the yeah. the 05 uh, top 10 show and honestly man it's it's a pretty bad movie it's not a I good craven movie i think it's not bad i and dave both liked it i'm not a fan dude i, I was uh, yeah oh, lipstick comes out next week so when they <laughs> when they announced that for screen factory i was like oh really <laughs> You gotta be yeah, shit, that's man. one I was kind of excited for them to announce. Well, you know, I've, I've kind of yeah. said this with with Screen Factory before going back to like, I mean, obviously, Screen Factory has the worst quality control in the world because they they have to recall yeah. so many of their discs like all the time. The shit gets out. I don't know how yeah, it ever yeah. passes. We, we all know that it happens way too often. But I think one of the major reasons why Screen Factory doesn't seem like they're going the extra step, the extra mile, like, um, you know, like the Severance and, and Vinegar Syndromes and Arrows and things like that is that they release so many movies. Like, it's you, you have the Scream Factory line, then you have the Shout Factory line, and they release so many movies every month, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I just don't think they they have the ability to to go that extra mile in some of these releases because they're putting out, like, you know, 15 movies a month kind of thing. It's it's, it's a lot of work, right? But I'm not trying to make excuses yeah, for them. I, I just mean, think, I just that's my theory with Scream Factory, is, like, if you look at other companies, they're not releasing as many movies as Screen Factory is at all. Like nobody's releasing that many movies. So Yeah, the I mean they did slow down from what they used to be doing. Yeah. Remember like back in the back in like Oh definitely ago, definitely on the like, screen line. Like on, nine Scream Factory yeah. alone titles. <laughs> on the screen line, they've slowed down, but they've also upped on the shout lines. There's a lot of films yeah. that are being released on the like shout, shout lines. Select. Like Shout Select, and then they release a bunch of just Shout Factory releases and stuff. If you look at the monthly releases, you know, it's upwards over a dozen to 15 every month. It might be just two or three Screen Factory releases, which is fine with me. And uh, But then there's just uh, an abundance of shouts. Are awesome. 
Yeah, no, this month they're. This is oh, one yeah. of the biggest alligator, months. Alligator, alligator two, howling lipstick. Well, the last like four or five months, they've only had a couple here and there. It's been pretty slow, but this month they just went fucking ape shit with the releases. So, hard. I actually wallet. forgot the order of the howling. Some, some really good ones though, man. Comes out next Tuesday. Yeah, guess I better order it. It's twenty eight ninety nine. Ugh, <laughs> these four Ks are so like hard to keep up with but i know that like um i was a little disappointed with the vinegar syndrome lineup this this uh february still Uh, ordered it but yeah i mean it's a slower i mean they just came off a huge one too right you gotta remember but uh what were the titles again for this month there was um Um, i know drop dead fred yeah. yeah, which I'm very excited for. I love that movie. I've never even seen that. Remember Severin announced that? Is it under the Severin Kids line or something? I do remember that. Yeah, yes. and then they canceled it because Vinegar Syndrome. And everyone knew it was Vinegar Syndrome that was putting it out. Um, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beware Children at Play. Which is a cool upgrade from Trauma. Uh, um, sister, Sister. I don't, know, I don't know what that is. And Wolfpack is one of the new VSAs, which is uh, I don't know about. I don't know it. But I love the VSA line, man. So far, like out of the first twenty releases, <laughs> there's some fucking gems in there, man. Like total. I gems. only have like two, I think, <laughs> of the VSA. Yeah, I uh, didn't even know the VSA existed, and then it was already in the like fifteens. Oh, shitty man! Because those things all too. sold out, man. They all. Yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, it's a cool line. It mixes it up. I actually it's got don't different genres. Think the the bottom loading case, honestly, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they're a little bit. Um... Here, here's why I don't like it. Because yeah. if you like, if you pull the case, the the disc out, like the the keep case, and you let the um, the shell or the fucking um, slip cover sit around for a little bit, it actually like closes a little bit, and then when you go to put it back in there, it gets the plastic around the the keep case gets caught on it mm-hmm. and it's like really hard to get it in yeah so that's why i don't like it yeah the side loaders are definitely a better a design box, man. definitely a better design but i want another hard box they haven't done one in a while yeah, well they well, only have like, oh, the, three of them right the vs two. 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 Oh yeah they did beastmaster um, and oh that I line i wish they would do another one of those yeah oh, those are cool oh, v- oh yeah the the six string samurai and um yeah, Beastmaster. Beastmaster. I'm thinking the other line where they have uh, the new, their own label, like Vinegar Syndrome's label. So they did New York Ninja and uh, Curfew is out on that one. I think. Not Curfew. Yeah. I mean, um, not Curfew. Uh, uh, Sensor. Sensor. Sorry, I was looking at Curfew. Yeah. So I think that's going to be more of like modern <laughs> stuff on that line. Hence Sensor and obviously New York Ninja is something that they put together, which was such a cool release. It's such a cool release. I, I showed it. in 35 here last weekend. Yeah, it's such a fun, like what they did with it, so much fun. And I like the fact that they, all the voices that they used for New York Ninja were like, you know, people that, of movies that they've released and stuff like Don the Dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock. And it's fucking cool, man. I, I love how they got all those voices in there. It's pretty, pretty rad. So. Yeah, that was an interesting little story about that movie. I, I thought that was cool. Oh, I loved it. Um, so much fun. I know that, like, I don't kind know. Kind of remind me of, like, Dangerous Men's story a little bit. It does. It does. Even though, yeah. like, this is a better movie. The Dangerous Men is is utterly one of the yeah. most... It, it's, it, it, it's pure cinematic shit, but it's, like, so fun to watch, man. Like, it's unbelievable how serious the director was about making Dangerous Men, and then like, this was the end product. 
<laughs> you know the part where Jerry, do you know the story with the car? You remember the scene in the you movie? Yeah, I haven't seen it since Draft House. Okay, well, do you remember the part out, where um, basically they they push a car over a cliff? Like yeah, they really yeah. okay. So, anyways, the director had borrowed his daughter's car, and he basically <laughs> told her that she was never going to see it again. She's like, "What do you mean? Like, what the fuck are you talking about?" And she never saw the car again because that was her car that they pushed over the cliff. She never knew what happened to the car until she saw the final product, like all those years later, that <laughs> that he'd pushed it over the cliff and blew it up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's classic filmmaking, man. That's commitment. But I, but I love the interviews with this guy. Like, this guy is so serious about his movies. And it was just, it's hilarious. And that's what I love yeah. about Dangerous Man is that, you know, like, it wasn't made to be shitty. It was meant to be good. And it just came out really well, bad. It's like Ed Wood. Yeah, right. Exactly. They were trying to do good movies, but they just came out really sloppy and bad and, and yeah. unintentionally hilarious. But. Yeah, the story is really interesting. I think everyone should check that out. It's kind of like Miami Connection. Same thing, you know. It's it's meant to be a good movie, but it's it's really goofy and and you know poor. But it's just so entertaining. Like it's like the best triple feature ever, right there. But yeah, um, I did watch Fortress of America. That shit was hilarious. A little little long for my liking, but it. I, I actually liked Curfew too. Honestly, oh man, Curf- Curfew was little weird one i never even heard of that one i have the vhs still actually yeah it it was um i watched the like i watched all the special special features on both of those releases and uh it was it was was pretty interesting how Mm -hmm. that movie came about and fortress america is a little ridiculous Mm -hmm. um because that director the director of Fortress America did a couple films with trauma. Yeah, I know. He, he, like, he just he did Nukem three, Nukem High three. Yeah. I know for sure. Which I actually just watched rewatched for uh, ninety four. I think it's it's like such a stupid. I love it so much fun. It's so stupid. It's so funny though because like anytime someone tells a story of Lloyd, it's always it's always like hilarious. Like he's like, yeah, so you know, I just I, I went to the, the offices in New York and. You know, I, I I tried to get a meeting with Lloyd, and I was like, "Hey, I got this idea for this movie with these like, um, you know, the, this uh, militia or whatever the hell, and you know, they they kill people out in the woods." And he's like, "All right, well, get on it." Yeah, right. <laughs> and Coffin, Coffin is like, he's so funny, dude. Like, I actually popped in the Blu-ray of Surf Surf Nazi, Surf Nazis Must Die last night. And I actually only got about ten minutes, and I've. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but I just got the Blu-ray in. So, but you know how like Kaufman does his intros before the movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's one thing I've always loved about Lloyd is that he does put in the effort of doing this for like every single release. It's pretty funny. But so he obviously recorded this a while ago while there was still like, um, I don't know, man, like under lockdown or whatever. So he's obviously in his backyard and he's given the, he's giving his little intro for um surf nazis and he's like yeah and surf nazis must die from so-and-so year starring a big fat black woman you know 20 something <laughs> years way before the me too movement i'm just like what the fuck and i burst out laughing i was like did he just fucking say that and then he's just like he's like i'm so fucking tired of being locked down and in the backyard and there's all this covid shit and he's just going on and on and then he's like i need to swim and he jumps in the pool it's fucking hilarious man he's so good man it's way better than charlie man oh my god he's so entertaining like the shit that he says sometimes and oh man it's so entertaining yeah, those those, he, those releases on, are worth it just for the intros <laughs> even if the movie sucks man just watch it for the intro it's good stuff him on joe bob was re- the when he they did um 
what the fuck was that movie called? The Troma War. Yeah. When he was on there, Troma's War. When he was on there, dude, he was so good on there and yeah. just like an amazing guest. I, I love that episode. But like, like the the Troma and and Lloyd and just like the whole thing is just hilarious to me. How how they made movies and stuff like they that. Put out dude. so much movies, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that. <laughs> but that's funny. Go on and make it. Come on. Yeah, he's like, all right, go, go, go. What are you waiting on? Go make it. <laughs> um, and it's it, he. They also talked about how they got um, like, because obviously one of the biggest parts of the budget in in low budget film is the film, right? The thirty five millimeter. Yeah, right. So um, instead of buying like thirty foot or whatever the standard feet came in as it was probably more than that but um they would buy like whenever movies finished shooting if they had leftover film they would send it back yes. to the thing and get like a little discount or something yeah. so lloyd <laughs> and them would buy these these film these, oh these, these half like, used reels and stuff right yeah 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 but it was like sections so like yeah they could only shoot for like three minutes instead of like <laughs> 10 you know what I mean? right like so so that they but but they paid 10 cents a foot instead of a dollar a foot right you know what i mean so <laughs> it's just like fu- it's funny stories like that but that's what's so fun about like low budget filmmaking back in the day is you had to be more creative whereas now you just basically shoot, shoot everything. As much as you you want. shoot everything, yeah, and and, that, and that's why that's why these indie films got so damn long because all these people are like, I just I shot it, I'm going to use it, kind of thing, right? Yeah, but, like back in the day, they what they they were very careful with what they shot and stuff, and then we kind of used it, you know, hence for the shorter films and stuff. But but uh, yeah, no, that's pretty funny. That's very crafty of Kaufman, but very trauma. He's a Jew. Yeah. He has to save a buck. Actually, he even brings up that too when he's talking about surf Nazis. He's like, he says something about you know us Jews. We always got to be worried about those Nazis, especially those surf Nazis, <laughs> and they must die. But you know, we died too. And he's just going on and on. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's hilarious. Oh, he's great. He even does one for like screenplay. He does one for like the most random movies. It's funny. No, oh, I know. Fucking yeah, cool, he's he's the best. Lloyd's a treasure. It's gonna be sad if he ever passes away. Yeah, and I thought the transfer. I think I only watched like, the first 15, 20 minutes of it, and I thought the transfer was pretty good. So it's nice to have a nice upgrade of Surf Nazis. I never picked that. I think eighty eight films released a Blu ray of it. I think they did, but yeah, never grabbed it. Did you guys get copies of it to review? I requested it. it hasn't what was up it? Yet. Surf Nazis must die. Um, I get the emails from MVD. All the time, but they, they, I never request anything because they won't. Well, they, no, they never send them to me. I, ne- <laughs> I never know. Oh, did Phantom of the Mall come back in print? Well, they released a know. standard version. Probably I missed out on that. I got it. I actually bought one of those for uh, for for Dylan. Actually, <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll probably uh, but, they'll release a standard edition. But. Well, anyway, I didn't fucking. Um, uh, no, I, I think I don't think I requested it. I, I don't know. I I haven't had any. I haven't been able to get any mail that goes to my house because <laughs> I've been out here. But like I I, I got my January package because I shipped it here. Mm-hmm. But I still haven't even got to open my November package. Jesus, <laughs> so, dude! Like I I still haven't even got my Ebola syndrome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's such ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Where is it? Uh, place house yeah it's in my house so it's just like and the problem like i know um so it's gonna I be like christmas going home of, i thought i had a copy of um 
what was the new Blue Underground? Jeremy, you reviewed it. Uh, Toolbox Murders? Oh, Toolbox, Toolbox Murders. Murders. I'm pretty sure I got that, too, but I haven't had a chance to get it, so I'm, like, bummed. I should actually pick that up. I never even upgraded it to Blu-ray. I still have the Blue Underground DVD. I have the Blu-ray. There's not... a lot of new features on the 4K that's not on the Blu-ray, so it's yeah. kind of worth it. Yeah. Q, Q, Q. Um... Super Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be uh, the lowest rated Super Bowl. I, I, ever. I honestly, yeah, we'll talk football here. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, it's definitely probably not going to be one of the more popular ones considering who's playing in it. Uh, but I think it's going to go one of two ways. I think it's either going to be a huge blowout and the Rams walk all over the Bengals. Not what? happening. Not happening. Or it's actually going to be a game. But who knows? Bengals are going to win. You think the I Bengals? think that the Bengals are going to take an early lead, and Matt Stafford's going to have a have to fight back into it. Yeah, I, I just know. feel like the momentum is like so on the Bengals' side right now. Yeah, I just can't see the Bengals winning this game, man. I just think the Rams are better defensively, and I think it might come down to that. Both quarterbacks, I mean, they can do what they can do, but I mean, it's going to be a defensive game, I think. Yeah, the only thing, the big knock on Stafford is just all the picks, man. Like, he threw right. a lot of picks this year. He led the NFL. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy stat yeah. to be in the Super Bowl. How many quarterbacks led the regular season in picks and made the Super Bowl and, and won, maybe? Like, that's... Probably, only, probably Ben. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, Ben was known for his picks, too. But, yeah, you're, it's probably a very uncommon stat to make it this far in the game with throwing that many picks. Pretty, pretty unusual. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm, it's a curious game. It's a curious game. I'm still, it's, it, I'm just not happy about football right now. Still. <laughs> well, still yeah. You still haven't woke up yet? No, it's just, it's just unbelievable, man. But I, saw, I saw a stat the other day. It was like Tom Brady has won 12% of the, 12.6% of all Super Bowls. And it's just like, this is insane. <laughs> This is just crazy. And then and I saw another. He was in more than that. Oh, the Bills one is so <laughs> stupid. He has to be in twenty percent. I I saw I saw another stat that said if you split Tom Brady's career in half, from uh you know two thousand one to two thousand eleven, and then two thousand eleven to two thousand twenty two, he has the stats to make the Hall of Fame twice. <laughs> it's like three Super Bowl wins in the first half, four in the second. <laughs> Well, it's just cr- ridiculous. It's crazy because he played in. He won seven and he lost four or three. Did he play in ten or eleven? He lost two to the Giants, one to the Eagles, and almost lost one to fucking Falcons. And almost, did he lose <laughs> another one? I think he. I think he played in eleven Super Bowls and, and won seven. I could be wrong. Maybe he played in ten and won seven. Maybe he was seven and three. I don't know. But even though he played in, say he play, he ten or eleven. Like, dude, that percentage of of Super Bowls he played in just himself in the history of the NFL is crazy. Yeah, Yeah, that's why he's the GOAT. It's just unbelievable. Like, that's... It's not even a goddamn... That stat against the Bills is disgusting. He was 33... Yeah, what? Three games. 33-3 and against the Bills in his career. Like, that's why... (laughs) That's fucking sickening. And people are like, oh, like, I fucking hated Tom Brady for so long because he was literally, like public enemy number one to me it's always a loss when you play him oh man yeah it's fucking just incredible to play in the same division there was 10 10 super bowl appearances so he he was seven and three to to the giant well dude could you imagine if he never lost the the 
one the first one was it the first one the the, the 16 catch. and 0 season to yeah, the giants the, like that, dude, gun catch, that. velcro helmet catch yeah, yeah. that was crazy because yeah. the giants came back in that game too didn't they and one both of yeah. them they came back in both of them it's just crazy i can't believe they lost the, the giants shouldn't have won that super bowl that year the patriots yeah. should have been yeah. perfect that year well, that was such that a that was so crazy that was probably the worst loss he had out of the three was that one right there Ruined yeah. the perfect season, but they they were the heavy favorites. They were the clearly the better team. They just shit the bed in that game, man. Like, yeah, but like, the you, Chiefs shit the bed last week. So yeah, the Chiefs <laughs> the Chiefs shit the bed a lot though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty happy the Chiefs shit the bed. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I'm, not I, I'm liking this man. that they're like, very inconsistent when it comes to like winning and losing and who. It's it's awesome. It's good for the Bills for next yeah, year. I guess, well, it, the, the when they won their first Super Bowl, I was so excited for them. Like not their first, but their first with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and now I'm just like I'm sick of them. I don't want to. <laughs> I hate when other yeah. teams turn into a dynasty. I just feel like it's going to be <laughs> Allen and Mahomes here facing off again next year, and I don't know, man. Got to get some redemption. Yeah, well, you guys need to get over the hump. My God, two years in a row now. Like, and this is the this is one of the worst ones though. Like honestly, I mean, I've lost Super Bowls. I didn't feel this this much. Yeah, pain. this Bills team is much better than last year's Bills team, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And- yeah. yeah. That's why it's frustrating. (laughs) That's why it's frustrating, dude. It is fucking frustrating, And then the Bengals won, which much learned even more. I know. It it actually made me ill when the Bengals... I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Well, Uh, to me, the Bengals being successful does one thing for me. It makes me laugh even harder at the Browns because everybody, all these fucking Browns fans come out of the woodwork like, oh, you guys are losing Ben. Get used to losing to us every year. Like, you're going to be miserable for the next, like, 10 years without Ben. And I'm like, what did you guys do? Nothing. You beat us one time in a playoff game and then you fucking, you were almost bottom of the division this year. Didn't even make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And now the Bengals who, uh, you know, you guys won two Baker games Mayfield's the year before. Be, yeah, and it's like now the fucking Bengals are the fucking team to beat, dude. The, the That's North a crazy, crazy stat, though, man. That's a crazy stat. Two years ago, they won two games, worst team in the NFL, yeah. and two years later, they're <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Like that's quite a change, man. Turnaround. Oh yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, a huge change. I I mean, Joe Burrow seems fucking legit, dude. Like I mean, yeah, the dude no, seems good. like a stud. Whereas I've always been sort of hesitant on the love for Baker Mayfield. I've always kind of thought it was over. He was overpraised. And look at the stat of Odell Beckham Jr. I saw it earlier today. It was like uh, it showed his catches, touchdowns, and receiving yards um, in his first like eight games with the um, Browns, and then his games with Matthew Stafford in the Rams. It's like night and fucking day, dude. Yeah. eight touchdowns in like like four like six games or something versus zero and eight with the with baker mayfield so i mean mm-hmm. the browns are just destined to lose like man the browns being the browns i mean the browns like same color like as poop they're always going to be losers it's just the same color as poop there's the, have the cleveland is just going to be sh- they were destined to be shitty by with a name like the browns it's like but yeah, yeah baker exactly. mayfield is like dude that guy is he's so overrated man it's just it's so clear as day did you hear about the commies the what the washington commies commanders yeah the commies (laughs) 
the Washington Commies? Is that what they're changing That's their name to? That's what everybody's to? calling them. The Commanders? They're called the Commanders? Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that not the most fucking garbage name ever, dude? Yeah, they should have just kept the Washington football team. Yeah, actually, that does sound, that, <laughs> I, I, that actually I honestly does sound better. I preferred that. No, but the worst one is what Cleveland. I thought the Washington Red Tails sounded good. The Red Tails, because the Red Tails were like a primarily African American fighter pilots in World War II. Yeah. It's like that's perfect. Oh, you get you I didn't get rid know of one racist name by honoring another racist, another race. You know what I mean? That I actually would have didn't been know awesome. that. It sounds kind of cool. No, what did yeah, the um, but, what did the Cleveland what did the Cleveland Indians change their name to? The Cleveland. Uh, Guardians. Guardians. That is horrible. I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, that's a horrible name. That sounds like a fucking college football team name. I don't know. It just doesn't sound. It, no, you know what it sounds like is a fucking t-ball team. Yeah, the Guardians. <laughs> Dude, like, this sound, is horrible. Oh man, it's so bad. Cancel culture, bro. Like, like how like, much? How much money? You have all these brilliant minds, and you but come they're up local with the so. Commies. Like Cleveland's logo was so iconic and stuff. Like man, it's just all the, gone. Cleveland like, Indians. like you know, everybody's gonna still wear the chief no matter what happens. So it's just like, yeah. yeah. But I mean, they're, they're but their merch sales are gonna go right down. Guardians, seriously? Like, what? Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, fuck off! It's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. I feel sorry for the I guy that Tommy's does the drum beat, who Guardians, hits the drum so. at the Cleveland games. Man, he's been doing that shit for like thirty-five years, and now he's like, just can't do it. Sucks. So iconic. Like, how did they settle on fucking commanders? Because <laughs> they're, they, they they're, they're, they're the click commanders. Keep it as the football team, man. I got, Dude, got used yeah, to I it. Just, I just don't understand, bro. There's so many people. There's This is a like millions of dollar organization and you're telling me not one person was like, what if they, what if everybody starts referring to us as the commies? Like, nobody thought of that. Like, come on. Everybody – and then the name comes out and like literally all over social media, it's like Washington Commies, Washington Commies. And it's like everybody's calling them the fucking Commies. This is ridiculous. Dude, guys are going to request trades just to get off that, that team, man. I don't want to be a Commie. They're fucking – That's not cool. Yeah. See, the, Washington might be one of the worst football teams right now because – and I mean like organizations because they actually had success. Like they did well in their franchise. Maybe maybe they got and the same people. Garbage. Maybe they got the same people that are doing quality control for Screen Factory working for them too, and they never thought it through. <laughs> you know, right? Exactly. The commanders. I'm like, so tired of these replacement discs, though. But speaking of it's replacement annoying. discs, um, Vinegar Syndrome is by far like the best company when it comes to that. They're like, oh, we fucked up. Don't no need to even ask us anything because we're just going to send you the replacement disc. yeah it, it, when you order the pet like i just got the replacement like it just i was like oh yeah fuck there was one for uh the um frankenstein yeah and i was like oh shit i opened up my package and i was like nice i forgot about that they're the best the fucking best yep like you know these companies where you got to go and fill out a whole form and you got to like tell them what you had for show breakfast and you got to show shit. them like medical <laughs> reports and shit like that it's like what the yeah. fuck am i doing here like i just want a replacement disc bro so but uh yeah no vinegar syndrome definitely has that on point um yep vincent is the shit vincent yes. is the shit for show for show for show um yeah is that it should we move this along uh, or do we have any you got any house clean you got anything to say about the show um shit i don't like, think so oh um i just wanted to say to the listeners of la- last week's or uh last show that we put out this serbian film show 
very very good comments i didn't see anything that was like you guys are fucking like child porn and stuff no weird stuff like that and uh, also people were giving us great suggestions on uh other shows to do like the like the top 10 stephen king which i think would be fucking really hard to do because <laughs> there's so many great stephen king movies. Mm-hmm. like can it's be so hard to limit it to 10 dude i feel so bad that's actually probably one of the first top 10 shows that we should do considering we've never actually even done well i mean we have done the minor stephen, stephen king, king shows king. we did the carry franchise we did we've done it one or the pet first cemetery one. Pet Sem- we have done we have reviewed a lot of stephen king movies but we've never actually specifically called like a stephen king director spotlight or whatever but a top 10 that would be kind of cool because then we could just really kind of you know put a yeah. lot more in there so cover, yeah. a couple more grounds. So yeah, that would be a fun one to do. But like, yeah, like, I mean, thanks and for Jeremy could even do that the suggestions, one. man. We're really good. We're really good. Like, you know, um, yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot. I can't remember them. There was one about golden age slashers, which would be kind of cool. Like very, be very specific about 80 slashers and so on and so on. So, but uh, yeah, I was actually mentioning that to Jeremy before I think you got on about uh, a Serbian film. And I was quite surprised at the lack of hate and you know yeah. ridiculous comments like i was expecting to get the same shit that i had years ago about being called a pedophile for liking this movie and just so on just all the regular shit that comes along with defending a serbian film or just acknowledging as its existence and stuff but yeah there was there wasn't a lot of that and i was like i was quite surprised um but uh, yeah there were some good conversations and things like that so but uh yeah um yeah i i'm i like the top 10 so that would be something that we should probably dig into soon although we do have another um, top 10 have... show coming up which is the 94 show it's it's going to be not yeah. too too soon but it's sooner than later so yeah maybe we'll do it after that yeah i mean it's, um, it's not uh, overly that i mean there's a lot of stephen king movies but i mean i don't think it'd be overly that hard to prep for it to be honest no no it wouldn't be it would no. be pretty easy honestly yeah um but I have a, I do have a, a little thing I wanted to um, just read off, like a little knowledge type thing, if that's cool. Yeah. Or do you have something? Nope. Um, okay, so we were t- talking about like tw- 2022 movies. So here's a list from Bloody Disgusting of 34 horror movies we can't wait to see in 2022. So Scream was on there, which we've already seen. The next title on there is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, well, which. Uh, yeah, that's right, you said it right comes out next week i believe or two weeks it's two weeks from now 18th um studio 666 it's the foo fighters movie which is that foo fighters movie that's getting a wide release yeah what is it like Um, uh is it just a biography biopic no it's like a uh, it's weird they go to make an album and then the house possesses dave Grohl's character it's very meta kind of like tenacious d oh yeah, so they they, got... they play themselves and then it's like yeah. it's a fix oh, okay i see yeah yeah kind of a weird thing honestly yeah. huh um march 17th unwelcome which it looks like some sort of a like pregnancy thing um from the director of grabbers the uh, irish film oh that movie is so much fun fucking so um, much fun. this one here I'm actually really looking forward to March 18th X, which is the new yeah. Ty West film set in 1979, also starring Kid Cudi. <laughs> what? Yeah, it looks pretty good. So what? What's yeah. the? What's the, it's called X? What's the storyline? 
uh, these people go and um, make a porno in the country, and they go to this house, and it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw inspired. Oh, it's like backwood shit. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's uh, no, it's set it in looks, '79. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Hmm. Um, Morbius, which is like the Marvel Spider-Man spinoff, yeah. April first yeah. on that one. Um, you won't be alone. That's also April first. Don't really know much about that. It's a period piece. Um, the Northman, April twenty second. Now that's something I'm really excited. It's going to be in Dolby too. It's going to uh, be great. Robert Edgar's epic Viking revenge film. Now like, looks cool. Come on, man. Uh, I, I, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor Joy, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, William Dafoe. Wow, that cast is nuts. Like that's that's See, like, this that's like big it, boy it shit looks right like there. His, it looks like his biggest movie. Like he actually got like a huge budget. So yeah. I mean, yeah. even to get Nicole Kibben in them, like that's like, wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy, man. Yeah. It, it, um, yeah. That's one I've been looking forward to. I didn't realize the cast, but I was like, man, it was Vikings. And I was like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. looks, looks nuts. Um, hatching April 29th on that one. Uh, 12 year old gymnast finds a strange egg. <laughs> it looks crazy. So I've seen midnight on that one. Hmm. Um, 65 May 13th, um, which is, uh, I believe Sam Raimi produced or is it directed? I don't even know. No, he's doing the Dr. Strange, a new Dr. Yeah. Strange movie. Um, Jurassic world dominion, June 10th, the black phone with Ethan Hawke. I, I can't actually wait thought for that. that. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Ethan Hawke's Scott Derrickson film. Ethan Hawke's all over the horror this year. Crazy. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, Joe Hill story. So Stephen, I think it looks good. It's Blumhouse. Stephen King, R. Stephen King's son. Yep. Um, nope. From Jordan Peele, July twenty second. So there's there's some interesting stuff. Shot on IMAX. It's gonna be pretty sweet. We have shot by Nolan. Um, that movie was shot by Nolan's DP, so it should look pretty good. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Beast, August 29th. Um, not sure what that one is. And then Dark Harvest, September 9th, which is set in 1963 based on a horror novel called Dark Harvest. <laughs> My uh, God, how, how many movies can you have with the title Dark Harvest? Like Google it right now. Than Dark Harvest too, though. There's got to be like thirty Dark Harvest <laughs> killer scarecrow movies. There's fucking that D- shot on Dark video. Harvest too. Is like fucking. There's so oh many movies God. called Dark Harvest. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, this one I'm pretty excited for. Salem's Lot, September 9th. That's Blumhouse. They're yeah, remaking Blumhouse. Salem's Lot. Hmm. They're remaking Firestarter yep. too. Wow. Um, I actually just don't watched. Worry. Uh, the original Salem's Lot, not too long ago. Again, all three hours of I really like Toby it. Really, best film. It is actually, it is actually one of his best movies for sure. It's it's quite entertaining, yeah. man. For a three hour movie, rips by. Yeah, uh, this one stars Florence Pugh. Uh, Don't worry, darling. September twenty third. So, hmm. so October fourteenth. Violent Night, December second. Violent Night um, Christmas movie? Mm. Uh, I actually... Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yep. Violent Night in uh, December. Yeah. Violent Night. Uh, I wonder like when they're going to run out of puns for <laughs> Christmas Night. Yeah. Um, this one I'm actually really interested in. Prey from uh, 
summer 2022, which is the next Predator film. Now, the poster looks really cool. It shows like a Native American with a bow and arrow. Yeah. And like the Predator in the shadows. Yeah, it's like set 300 years in the past. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. I didn't right? know about that Because that makes one. me feel like it's more like the Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator, where it's like the it's like the the survival type thing. So well, that's kind of interesting. Add that one to the roundup. <laughs> right, exactly. Jesus. Um, Hocus Pocus two. Fall well, there's two for the roundup. Did we do the new one from? I don't remember what we did. Yes, I think that's when we did the Predator franchise. Is when the new one came out. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, Bones and All, which I don't know what that really is. Hmm. Evil Dead Rise, which has, I believe, finished filming. That's an apartment, like L.A. apartment complex Evil Dead film. That sounds that sounds like Demons 2, honestly. <laughs> right, right. But, Since you uh, said apartment, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Which yeah, is then, intriguing uh, to me because I love those settings, so that's awesome. So. Yeah, it is a really intriguing setting. Uh, fire starter like jeremy mentioned man uh, i didn't know that one was called hmm. uh, where's, one where's called, the orphan fucking prequel? shut the fuck up how about that shut the fuck up donnie <laughs> the so i get, get told to shut the fuck up and then when i don't talk i get well you on. keep saying the same thing well where is it i'm reading a list dude i don't know if it's on it or not well, well then uh the grandmother <laughs> Uh, which is a Paco Plaza, the director of Wreck nice. um, movie. Uh, the Haunted Mansion. Uh, Hellraiser for Hulu, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Hellraiser, which I believe is... Uh, did it film already? It might have filmed already. I know the casting was came out. Yeah. Add it to the roundup list. <laughs> uh, Brandon Cronenberg's new movie, Infinity Pool. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's uh, with Alexander Skarsgård as well. Um, the Innocents. Uh, Monst- Rob Zombie's The Monsters, which is a weird de- weird to say. <laughs> is that uh, actually coming Exorcism. out? Wow. Yeah, dude, it's filming. It's yeah, it filmed. It wrapped, I think. Wow. Uh, Something in the Dirt, which I don't know what that is. Um, time Cut. Don't, uh, which is Man, from you don't know direct- shit, dude. The director of Freaky. Um, I don't pay attention to the news, Wendell, Jeremy, on purpose. I know. Wendell and Wild, and that's it. So the Orphan First Kill is not on that list. But I'm not sure if it was... Um, has it? Did it get delayed, or did they film? Like, I don't know. It's done. Is it done? Okay, is, it, so, um, is it not I, the same girl playing... It is the same girl. That yeah, is, is so bizarre. Girl. She looks the same. Ah, it's so bizarre. I know I read that recently, and I was like, really? She's playing the same character? Oh, that just blew my mind. It's crazy. Yeah. A lot of years after, too. Um, and then I know that there's obviously going to be like a ton of other movies we don't know about. Yeah. Um, also, Scream 6 got greenlit for 2023. How about that? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's some interesting same. ones on that list and stuff. I mean, not all. Of them. I guess we'll see how this year pans out, but I mean, you know. It just seems like everything's coming out so much later. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just, it just seems like the good movies might be close. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know there's nothing in like the first quarter of the year, but who knows? Maybe this new chainsaw movie will be a banger. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I'm just hoping at this know. point some of those movies we mentioned are great because there's definitely some talented direct like Brandon Cronenberg's new movie. Like, there's a lot of people that, that I would be excited to see. You know, so what's um, the storyline on the, the Jordan Peele movie? What's the what's the nobody Jordan? Nobody knows. Oh, nobody. Okay. Nobody knows. All I know is that the title of the movie is a reference to comments that he receives on his like movie trailers and stuff like that. What what's the name of the movie again? Nope. Nope. Yeah, so it's the, it's literally like a comment on when like they drop the trailer for us and people are like nope, like in the comments. <laughs> That's hilarious. So who the fuck knows with that? That's and pretty the funny. Poster's like a giant cloud, so who yeah. the hell knows, dude? Right. It has to be good but shot by that fucking guy, so I don't know. Well, look good at least in those narrative wise, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Peel's pretty interesting. Like I saw the trailer for Ty West's new movie in the theater when I saw Jackass, so maybe it'll be oh. yeah, it's a twenty like wider released. Yeah. Oh, it's a twenty. Okay. I do love some a twenty four. So interesting. All right. Well, that was a informative list of films for two thousand twenty two. Yeah, I mean that's a fair amount. I forgot to say something though. Where's the orphan? pretty cool it's called orphan first kill you fuck whatever well that's very original (laughs) i think i've only heard that title like 17 times probably name one first blood first whatever there's there's probably more first movies not first kill Uh, close enough that has first something else afterwards the first avenger (sighs) yeah all right, well, I mean, we should probably move this along. You guys want to get into some uh, Peter Jackson films? Jeremy apparently has to move his whole uh, room around before yep. we finish. Just do some rearranging with furniture. Uh-huh. Well, anyways, let's uh, let's take a pause here, and we'll be back with uh, some Peter Jackson reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Now, our feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Modes, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, player. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 221, Peter Jackson, Director Spotlight. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Peter Jackson is um, probably most famously known for doing the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. For King Kong. Oh, and King Kong, but I mean, honestly, that's what <laughs> Peter Jackson became a household name with the uh, the Lord of the Rings movies and stuff. But I think a lot of younger generation probably don't realize that Peter Jackson had an entire different career before he became the super super infamous and famous director of some of the most popular and beloved movies of all time in those Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. But it's you know like he definitely has 
had kind of a roller coaster career. I mean, he started out as this low budget, independent, you know, horror director, and then just he just turned into something that you would never think that he would. You know, it's just such an odd transition because you know, I think we we see that transition from the Frighteners until you start to see that transition a little bit. But you know, it's just weird that he went from the Frighteners. Like it's like yeah, it it really is weird because he went from these like low budget splatter films from New Zealand to um, what did he he made that one body? Well, the thing is though, he got the Frighteners movie, Heavenly Creatures, which I actually watched last night. Um, he he basically got the, the the thing you know the frighteners probably because of heavenly creatures because it was so well received right I mean that movie even got thumbs up you know uh, two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert and shit like that it's a good movie it's based on the real true crime of those two uh, teenagers that killed um, the mom and stuff but it's like a legitly good movie right and you could see that he had a talent for actually doing you know serious movies and things like that but the frighteners is a, is an interesting movie too because it was kind of like his stab at you know cutting edge technology and stuff right they were the first ones to kind of do what they did in the frighteners and stuff but yeah the elevation of films in his early career is just it's just it's crazy what he was doing i mean bad taste is in my opinion one of those low budget movies that's kind of a clinic on low budget filmmaking because you know there's some really interesting camera work he was doing a lot of like handheld and that and stuff and he just weren't seeing a lot of that camera work in in films at, the, at that time but the, the effects and the, the guns ma- too, man. Like just the time and effort that they put into the effects and bad taste is, taste is incredible, man. Like the movie, yeah, but it took four years to make, though. Right, right. But I mean, it's the effort. You know what I'm saying? Like you just don't yeah. see that a lot in low budget films where there's that much effects and that much going on and stuff. And and then I, I still think like Meet the Feebles is such an ambitious second project in your career because it's you know it's done with puppets and things like that, and it's just such a different yeah. type thing. And then of course Dead Alive, but then into Heavenly Creatures, which is. Um, you know, it's it's more of a biopic. You know, it's a biopic on these two girls. Really interesting stuff. Which have you guys ever seen it before? No, no. I'm probably gonna watch it now, even though it's like a thriller, or yeah, drama or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a biopic. It's a drama thriller. I mean, it's like I said, it's based on the real murders and stuff. It, the movie's been done a couple other times, or the story's been tackled a couple in a couple other movies, but it's really well done. Like it's it's really great. Um, and then of course the Frighteners, but then you get into his second half of his career with Lord of the Rings, he did that, that trilogy. And then of course did King Kong, which, you know, grew on me. We've reviewed King Kong before yep. and the Hobbit and stuff like that. And, uh, but yeah, like two polar opposite careers, very, very interesting director. Very, well, now he's a documentarian. Yeah. Like he's just a visionary man. Like he has a vision for what he's doing and he seems to accomplish that vision very, very well. Um, you know, with, uh, the amount of different films that he's done. Um, I, I just Peter Jackson has a sense of humor that I love. There's something about New Zealand, uh, like the sense of humor that comes from like Australia, and New Zealand, and stuff like that. It's just, it's very unique. You know, it's you can almost pinpoint it. Um, it's just so weird that you watch like like I like I would love to show like a, a film snob like who doesn't know like Peter Jackson like mm-hmm. like oh like you know like the guy who won an Oscar for Lord of the Rings like check out his puppet movie <laughs> where there's a bunch like, of puppets it's just hilarious doing, that like where there's a bunch of puppets that doing guy crack won and a fucking sex Academy and... Award you know what I mean like yeah. it's Multiple like it, I love that he did because it it shows that like like you can start 
in in horror and be like amazing filmmaker and stuff like that and start in the low budget garbage and like one thing that kind of made me nervous was like i was hoping that he wasn't one of those filmmakers who totally disowned that early stuff but it doesn't seem like he is from what we were reading like with this article about like him restoring uh, his three original films from new zealand so well didn't he say didn't he say in an interview he's he's restoring heavenly creatures too yeah that that one yeah and there is there is a director's cut of that movie that's been released on blu-ray and stuff but that's not the version that he likes he actually likes the normal 99 minute version there's a 108 minute version but he prefers the the 99 but anyways but i think he did say in an interview I don't know when it was. It might have been a few years back or whatever, but that he would sometime, like he would actually go back and make another horror film. You know, not go back and make, but kind of return to his roots and make another horror film. I would love to see that. I, I don't would know. Lo- love to see him do that. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at what he's been doing, he's been doing a lot of docu- uh, documentaries and and certain things. And I know, he, I know he did those Beatles things, which is actually kind of funny that he's been doing these Beatles uh mini series and things like that because yeah. it's actually a yeah, whole it's in Beatles. Bad taste. Yeah, in bad taste he does the whole Beatles thing. So he kinda almost going back to his roots with that Beatles joke in the in the original one. But but if he ever returned to doing um I think he's doing that Tintin thing too, isn't he? Uh well he did Tintin already. Okay. Yeah Tintin already came out. Okay. Um like a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, the that came out in two thousand eleven, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. The adventures of Tintin. Yeah. Yeah, did that it a came decade out in 2011. <laughs> There's another one that The Adventures of Tintin, the Red Rackham uh, Treasure. It's like a sequel to it. Oh, there's oh, another one. That's yeah, there's saying, another Tintin really? thing coming up. Um, I like yeah, the no, first not Tintin the actually. not the Adventures of Tintin. I know that he yeah, but yeah, there's another one coming up. Him and Spielberg. But, but it would be pretty cool for him to actually return to horror. I think that it would be pretty interesting to see what he would do. Would he go and try to do like? like a gore film or just do something a little more, I hate the term elevated, but just kind of do something, you know, on today's standards or whatever. But it would be interesting to see what he's done because, you know, you would have a budget. Yeah. Right. He would have a what budget does, to what do what it, he could. So I, I don't what know. What does a 2020 20s Peter Jackson horror film look like? Dude, right. I have no fucking clue, but like, I want to. Right. But I would, I think it would be pretty cool for him to tackle something totally different and just like, I don't know. Much like a del Toro movie. Yeah. Well, just, just him and Del Toro remind me of each other a lot in like different ways, but just like I don't know. I can um, see it being uh, an effects movie because he's always, you know, took pride in doing effects. Obviously, with his first like four or five movies, and especially the Frighteners too, because it was all cutting edge. And and I still think when you watch the Frighteners to you know today, that movie being what twenty six years old now, the effects are still really good in it. You know, for I almost rewatched it just to like refresh my memory on it because I haven't watched it since we did '96. That was the only time I've ever seen it. Um, yeah. I was wanted to squeeze it in before we recorded before the, the show, but I just come out. I've seen forgot. it so many times. I, I remember it like almost line for like I saw it in the theater. It was my favorite film in '96. Like I, I love the Frighteners. It's such a cool movie, but it still like really does hold up well for considering they're the ones that invented that technology. If you watch a documentary and stuff on it, uh, they it was cutting edge. They were really just kind of you know inventing things as they were going along and for the effects and stuff which is really cool um you know what's else interesting about jackson is um i guess i guess this would have been in like 1989 90 um he did a he wrote a script for elm street really yeah everybody wrote a script for elm street (laughs) yeah so he did a script called nightmare on elm street part six the dream lover 
and um, his script involved a uh, basically it's kind of interesting because they ended up using some of this for Freddy versus Jason. I don't know intentionally or unintentionally, but basically Freddy Krueger's fear has gone away. Like nobody is afraid of him anymore. Um, and basically people uh, started to essentially intentionally go into the dream world to like beat the fuck out of him and like fuck with him. And then they would come back out. It was like, they were taking sleeping pills to go in there and bully Freddy Krueger, who was it, like powerless. It, it's a good, it, it's actually an interesting idea because you know, Freddie, you know, feeds off your fear. Like if you're not afraid of him, you know, you yeah. just kind of reverse that whole role and then you go in there and he's the, he's the fucking, uh, the punching bag. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Actually. I like that idea. Yeah. And eventually he's able to like kill a kid. And then, like, it just fucking the Put, fear. Puts the like, fear once back they in. realize Freddy could kill again. Right. Yeah. That would have been what Freddy's dad would have ended up being had they well, went with him. So, well, to be who honest, knows? It probably might have been better. You know, fucking. There's. I've seen fucking uh, dog shits on the sidewalk that are fucking more appealing than <laughs> Freddy's dead. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, but, well, um, it would have completed that dream trilogy, right? Like you right. would have had the dream uh, master, dream child, and dream lover. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, but instead we got Freddy's dead. We did get Freddy's dead, unfortunately. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it just ugh. and that's coming from someone that's favorite franchise. I I just can't can't defend it, man. Can't defend it. Great graphics. Oh my god, it's so goofy. It's so silly. It's, so, it's just silly in a bad way. You're like, oh my god. Okay, so let's go into Bad Taste um, from 1987. His uh, debut feature film. Uh, quick little synopsis here: the population of a small town disappears and is replaced by aliens that chase human flesh for their intergalactic fast food chain. <laughs> Right, so aliens come down to Earth, take over a small town, and start um, basically using humans for consumption. Um, So basically, it follows, I think there's, what, five main characters in the film? Four. Um, I think there's four. Well, Well, there's technically technically five, right? There's Ozzy, Barry, Derek, Frank, and and Guile. Charity guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, these guys are kind of sent to this area to investigate as to why the people are, you know, going missing and stuff like that. And they end up fighting all these aliens and shit. And it's very typical. But um, it's just ridiculous, man. Like, I, man, this movie is so much fun right from the like the opening scene. Like, it's just it, the effects in this movie still blow me away at how good they are. You well, know? Not that. It's just like. It's goofy. That's the thing. But the effects just, are good. Like, read yeah. from the read from the scene where the dude's putting his his brains back into his head and stuff. Oh. Like, that's a pretty good effect, man. But th- again, yeah. Peter Jackson had this sense of humor. You know, he could make these uber gory films, but add in this you know this comedy that that just worked. But he he always managed to gross you out and make you gag. There's yeah. one scene in this movie that it's it's almost as bad as as Dead Alive, the dinner scene. Or the, I should say the custard dessert scene. Yeah. That's so gross. 
But in this film where one of the aliens pukes into this bowl and it's like steaming hot green puke yeah. and stuff and he's passing it around <laughs> and, and all the aliens <laughs> and all the aliens are drinking it. And at this point in the film, one of the guys who is fighting the aliens is actually pretending to be an alien. And he's like looking yeah. at this bowl. It's being passed around. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to drink this. Right. And it finally gets to him. And he's like, it's it's so gross because it's like green, but it's like you see chunky. Peter Jackson throw it up everywhere. Yeah, dude. And it's like and it's steaming and he kind of looks around and he drinks it and then his face kind of goes like and then all of a sudden he enjoys it and he wants some more i was like oh my god it's it's so gaggable it's so i just love peter jackson in this movie he's the fucking his facial expressions just kill me yeah he is the funniest facial expressions i love the fact that he puts himself into the film too it's pretty fun yeah 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 but even like there's so many scenes in this movie like gore scenes that I've seen but didn't know it was from this movie because I've never seen this before. So, like, I'm sure – do you even had some in your intro modes maybe? Uh, no, I didn't use any from no? this film. No, no. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I've seen so many like, – like like the one where the dude's eating the – the half ha- half head <laughs> yeah. like i've seen that so many times i was always wondered what that what was this from <laughs> when the guy gets his face cut in half yeah that's in a lot of things i love when he when he shoots the dude's head in half and the guy in the body's still kind of walking around and it's like half a head and shit it looks really good man yeah all the gun stuff looks good too it's weird because there's so many besides the rocket guns launcher, in there, <laughs> right? Like you, you got an you got MP40s. You got I think there was like a Sten, um, AK like an AK47. There's just like so many weird like rocket different eras of guns in there, <laughs> right? I, the whole time I'm watching this because I've always seen the cover to this film, right? Like the yeah. the weird fucking alien. elephant man looking alien. And I'm like the whole time I'm watching this. I'm like, where isn't there like an like these those weird like elephant man looking things in this movie? It's like where the fuck are they? And then, and then it's like worth the wait because like yeah. then like because obviously you don't in the cover you don't see their ash cheeks. Yeah. Right. So I'm like watching it. I'm like, this is so fucking. And it's funny. Ridiculous. It's like they're like glued onto their jeans. So this looks yeah absolutely ridiculous. But there's so many like bad effects, but good effects too. Like that. Like you know what I mean? Like there's so many good effects in the movie, but there's also like cheesy ones. Yeah. So it's like it's like a weird mix of stuff. And the just like the even the way that it's shot kinda and like like there's that scene with the clip where they're on the cliff, right? And uh like you can tell that it's like just a hill on certain like certain parts, but like how the camera's moving and like the editing and like the, you can tell they're trying so hard to make it look like this this huge cliff and shit like that. But then when the then when the fucking body falls, I'm like, holy shit, like that looks like really <laughs> well, good. I, yeah, I, they I, got some good dummies in this movie. Yeah, I didn't even they, know if it was it looked real. I was like, um, there's yeah. certain parts oh, of I, that when the, it was falling more, I'm like, that's a guy. Oh, and Derek's body you know? goes flying off the thing and you think he's dead, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. They, they do a really good job of, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, I like the camera work in this, man. Some of it's handheld and it's like, but it's actually shot really well and stuff. And they do do a really good job with that cliff because, I mean, honestly, it's low budget, but I mean, even though it's, it's not as, it's not as, you know, steep as it appears to be, it's still like, if you fall down that hill, like you're going to be fucking in probably in some trouble and shit like that. So even filming and doing those stunts around the edge of the cliff, I still think was pretty, pretty daring 
because there is not a lot of room for error. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, that dummy death, though. Well, the presumed dummy death. But that dummy yeah, shot. I think it's death. like a mix of dummy and person. Like, yeah. I don't know. There was, like, that is a, if it's all dummy, that is a fucking great dummy. Because there's parts where I'm like, I'm like, that looks exactly like a person. Um, but, the, yeah, this this film allegedly had a $25,000 budget. I mean, that's fucking nothing. That's yeah, like the gun problem. I mean, the amount of effect yeah, like that's the thing with the like the difference between yeah, this low budget filmmaking movies though right effects like that yeah i mean that's the uh-huh. thing like this is shot on film no but i mean this is shot on film i mean twenty five thousand dollars when you're buying film and, and making a full i know but is- i'm saying like you're talking about the effects but like most shot on video movies have similar effects yeah similar i mean i but, think these are a little better but you also got to remember though the difference between like a low budget film like that and this one a lot of those shot on video films are a lot shorter with a lot less effects they might have some pretty good effects but there's a lot less scenes with those effects there's like, so many effects there's so movie. much in this one like right from the start of the and movie to honestly, the end there's 90 minutes the of effects movies. in this man it's like an effect movie like it's it's quite impressive considering how low budget this is for what they accomplished like you have to give them all the credit in the world man like there's a lot of characters i mean there's, there's not there's, really there, much story in this, this there's like there's there's like no like story a... it's four guys that go out there to investigate and then they just fight aliens the whole time they're just being attacked and they're fighting back that's all it is yeah but they work for aids though yeah they work yeah, for, they AIDS. Work for the astro investigation and defense services AIDS. <laughs> fucking hilarious dude. there's actually quite a few aids references yeah, in, in these early movies, yeah. and it's funny too because '87, man, it was still it was still AIDS. very kind of taboo. Yeah, it was still kind of taboo to talk <laughs> Dude, about AIDS the and shit. Are the best. <laughs> oh man, yeah, fucking Derek is like the best character in the movie, though. Dude, it's yeah, so, it's so funny. I just wish the old guy that's like well, in Peter Jackson of... plays. Well, he plays the two characters actually. Two characters. Yeah. I just wish the old guy who's like in charge of them all. That's like I could totally picture Dennis Hopper playing that character. It's oh like, my god! Just like picture that in my head. <laughs> yeah, dude, this movie. Like honestly, like I thought I was gonna not like this movie because um, I'd always I I knew a lot about it, and I was like, it just seems like it's gonna be just nothing you know what i mean just some yeah. low budget but it's it's incredibly fun yeah it, it, it's a perfect movie too that you could just throw on and watch with not much attention you know what i mean like it's just one of those yeah. it, clean the house movies it's literally like or a like party like at a party or something you know what i mean like you get together throw it on because it just it's so many gore scenes and just ridiculous shit you and well, you don't really need to pay attention th- to there's it. no there's no story there's like it's just it's just them fighting aliens that are picking up or eat, taking humans like it, there's nothing to follow so it's a perfect beer and popcorn well they're like friends movie, yeah they're man. like trying to eat them though i think that's like the, the yeah well the dude in the soup right with the kid yeah. with all the that's the that's the aids i love that part they, they knock out this dude and he wakes up in this big barrel of like herbs and spices it's so fucking it's funny fucking looney tunes bro it's, it's so ridiculous man you know the thing that always kind of the one thing about this movie that always kind of bugged me a little bit because I remember when I first watched this film years and years and years ago, like back in the 90s and like when you rent the movie you see the cover and it's got like the big headed alien who's fingering the fucking you know and I remember watching this film going where the fuck is this alien like that's what JP was just saying yeah and then (laughs) but I I know I'm just saying that I'm just saying this is the one thing that actually bugs me because it only there he shows up about 20 minutes left in the film 
Yeah. Like, it's kind of funny that it's like the big main feature on the cover and stuff, but there's only really yeah. about 20 minutes of footage with the, with the big headed, um, uh, aliens and shit. But, but like when they do appear, it gets pretty funny. Cause I love how the house is actually the spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just such awesome. a ridiculous movie, but like what a great first feature. Just, just, just to like sort of get your feet wet in filmmaking. Like you don't have yeah. much money. You don't have much you're not going to be able to make like a big story. So you're like, fuck it. Let's just make a splatter fest. And I, I like Jeremy said, like he's, these are kind of splatter films. They really are like this and dead alive mm-hmm. and even a little bit of meet the feebles. And that's like a genre that you don't see a lot of that the, especially these days. And it's like, it's so refreshing to see all these practical effects, no CGI and just this, you know, like a little bit of cheese, cheesy effects, but still, there's so many, but that you can't help but to like it. Yeah, like the the scene where the, um, I think it's Derek who's driving the car. Anyways, he hits one of the aliens and splits the body like right in two pieces. That's another good <laughs> dummy death right there. But Speaking that's of like, that. What's up with that fucking car? Are they like standing up to drive it? Like I'm looking at it, going, "What? It looks like they're standing up when they're driving." No, there's. It. It's one of those Decker car things that you can sit up in the top shit he's sitting down in the front i don't know how he's seen with the with the cutouts of the beatles what exactly is the joke with the beetle faces covering is it just i don't know for whatever i was just wondering like how the fuck was he driving because it looked like he was standing up like i never under (laughs) i i always thought there was a joke there to why he put the four beetles in the front of the window but I, I never knew exactly what the joke. It's just so funny when they're driving around because all you see is like the four Beatles. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. It's like you can't even see him driving. I'm like, every time I see that, I'm like, how the fuck is he actually seen what he's doing? But, but yeah, no, I, I love the, uh, there's like two or three dummy deaths. That's a weird, scenes in this that film. is a weird car. I've it's a weird car. It looks like he's standing up. Yeah. I, I think it's because it's, there's a, there's a double, like there's a top part to it too. So it does appear that they're standing, but he is sitting like down because when he gets in, you, like, you do see him sitting down driving. So I don't know how he's seen, but yeah, it's very strange. But, uh, but yeah, when, when he hits that dude and splits him in half, that's pretty fucking funny. Shit makes me laugh yeah. out loud, man. It's a funny death. Um, but the, I, I mean, <laughs> where's the restoration god damn it no and and that's the thing too with especially this and meet the feebles like these movies are dying for especially meet the feebles honestly i don't know what the transfer that i ended up seeing on online was like pretty dog shit honestly i've watched my dvd which was put out by substance and it's you know whose substance is a very low budget and it's like a vhs transfer and stuff but I mean, it's clear. I mean, it's not great, but the, yeah, Feebles really. I mean, the bad taste. I was, I was mentioned to Jeremy the bad taste DVD Anchor that Bay. came out from Anchor Bay in like 2001. The transfer is honestly really good. Like, yeah, it's incredible it really good. how how good it looks for DVD quality. But these movies yeah. are you know what? Desperate bad taste need. is actually on Tubi, which is weird. Oh, really? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know, Tubi kind of downgrades the the you know the quality a little bit. But yeah, if you watch, yeah, they the DVD- don't. They do 720p. They don't do 1080. Yeah, yeah. So which is weird. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it it does look actually pretty good. I will say. Um, Meet the Feebles needs it bad though. Oh really? It bad, does. bad. It well, re- I'm. I know that the only problem with that is I know that it's gonna show more of the flaws and stuff. Yeah. But that might add to the charm. I don't know. You know, because yeah. like you can see like a lot of like the the puppets like ripped and stuff like that just like watching it yeah like in in seams and stuff like that but it 
it, it might add to it. I don't know. It, it, I'd be curious to see what a really good transfer looks like on that. Hopefully we'll see it before we die. I know, right? Because we've, <laughs> we've at least been talking about it for seven years, I think. Seven, eight years. <laughs> no, Man, it hasn't th- been that long. It's only been since 4Ks come out, so it has been. It's probably been like four or five years. I feel like he was talking about restoring those for, since we started this fucking show. Yeah. You know what the funniest fucking part in this fucking movie is, man? Like, it, it, it makes me laugh the hardest. Besides the actual, like, dummy parts, the, the, those just always make me fucking bust out laughing. But when fucking Derek wakes up at the bottom of the cliff, when you, you find out that he's not dead, yeah. and there's a bunch of yeah. seagulls on him, and he headbutts the seagull, that shit... <laughs> and then inst- shit's on him. Instantly <laughs> fucking kills me laughing, because he not only headbutts the seagull, but when... <laughs> But when they cut to the seagull on the ground, it's like in a, it's like in nineteen pieces. <laughs> and then it shits in his mouth, right? or another one shits in his. Yeah, mouth. Yeah, man. But, he, but they they show like like he headbutts it that yeah, hard yeah, that yeah. he explodes the seagull. Oh my god, that shit is so funny, so good, man. There's a lot of funny ass parts like that in this movie. You know what I noticed, man? The accents in this are so thick, like really, really thick in this. I don't know if they were like yeah. overly doing their accents in this movie because I don't. I don't find the other films like they're really that bad but this one right here i know it's oh kinda, yeah it, this felt it's, like it's more dubbed over of though. like a um i almost feel like it was like more of like a like local like type of accent you know like in the uk there's like a ton of different like dialects yeah 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 i, I felt like this is like thick as fuck i thought maybe had, i thought maybe it had something to do with like maybe the adr because they I think they I think they pretty much ended up dubbing the whole thing. Could be. After and yeah. I think it might have just been the way they recorded the ADR and stuff. I don't know. It it could be, but it definitely is dubbed though. Um but uh it's it's just yeah. like it's just a non-stop film. That's what I love about this movie. Like again going back to low budget filmmaking and this has always been a problem with low budget films is that you'll have a couple scenes in a film and most of it's filler. Right. Shot on video movies are the worst for this because they have like five dollar budgets. So what they'll do is they'll have a couple scenes with decent gore and they'll and they'll fill in the blanks, you know, just you know, you know, run out the time with a bunch of nonsense. This movie really doesn't have any downtime. It's just constantly all oh, the way no, through. There's no, there's like no downtime in it and it, it just goes and goes and goes. And I, I love and, the way it's um, edited too. The it like the, the fast paced editing and stuff is really cool, man. Like there's a lot of great editing in this and it's just so much better than it probably should be. Right. On all angles, like actual filmmaking for a debut film. I love what he did with this. It's great. So, yeah. And the um, I know that like a lot like his I don't know if all three of them were done like this, but uh, I think in New Zealand back then, um, you, the New Zealand like government film commission type thing would like give you money to make movies. The yeah. third one, Dead Alive at least. Yeah, yeah. No, I think this this might be part of that too i know in australia the reason why there was so little films made between like 1970 and like the early 90s because they only used to um to make so many a year the government you know put the money for and they would only have a budget for this type these many movies and then of course in the 90s where there was like no movies produced they stopped doing that program or whatever the fuck it was and then they restarted back in the 2000s but if you look at that too with the lottery yeah if you look at the history of aussie cinema yeah canada did some of that yeah i think yeah they did that in early late 70s early 80s it was only for a few years australia did it for a lot longer because if you look at the history of of exploitation from 70 to 94 it's like really a couple movies every year it's not much. Yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting, but I think 
New Zealand also had the same thing going on. Because if you look at the history of New Zealand filmmaking, it's very, very little films outputs in these in these times. So, but yeah. uh, I'm assuming he probably was part of a program like that. But so. yeah, um, I don't really have anything else to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. The other, the other dummy. I didn't remember it. It's the one off the uh, the patio. The chef when he throws the chef off the patio. Oh, that's another, yeah, yeah. That's another good. Yeah. So there's three pretty good dummy scenes in this film, man. It's just <laughs> outrageously funny, man. Uh, dude. I don't know. I could probably just go on. I love how they speak like half English, half other language. Like, right. throw them in the pod. Like the aliens act like they're just <laughs> intoxicated. Yeah. You know, it's like it's such a strange. It's a movie. weird alien take for sure. It really <laughs> is, man. They're just like drunk off a of human flesh or something like that. It's it's ridiculous, but it's just nonstop. Like, it, like if you've never seen Bad Taste before, you got to do yourself a favor and watch this shit, man. If you like score film splatter shit, and it's it's a I great just love movie. How to... New Zealand films have like such a unique feel to them too. Yeah, they really do. Like even ones made like more modern still have a, a feel to them. Housebound feels like it's from new zealand right it, yeah. it just has that it has that dialogue and in the way they say things so does your black sheep yeah man they, they just honestly feel like where they're from and that's a good thing that's a really really fucking good yeah thing. i agree yeah so yep i mean australia is like that too i always feel they a lot of their movies kind yeah. of like they feel like they're from the region and stuff and there's a there's a quite a bit of canadian films too not so much in like the horror genre like there is a few but there is a lot of other like um, kind of sub-genre films and stuff like the FUBAR films that are so fucking Canadian. Like they're almost stereotypical. Well, my, yeah. For me, My Bloody Valentine always feels so Canadian. It does. It it really does because of what they're drinking. And I think they, they even – well, they used a lot of local actors and stuff, right? So that if you mm-hmm. – and they say A a lot in the it, East Coast, right? So I think if you're watching yeah. it closely, you'll catch some A's and shit because it's so common over there but yeah. yeah but yeah but yeah new zealand man oh great stuff man great stuff um yeah i mean i don't really want to i mean it, it, these movies are hard to review because there's really no plot it's just filmmaking I, and gore i said <laughs> right no, I, the next one has a plot meet though. the feebles has the most plot yeah, for sure. well it, it the meet the feebles is a weird one because it doesn't have like it doesn't have like one driving force narrative. It has a bunch of small little narratives within characters and stuff. <laughs> it's just yeah. a bunch of different characters. It really does. It, it, and everything kind of just comes to a massacre. <laughs> I mean, we follow a bunch of a bunch of lunatic like, characters. Like, imagine if they tried to shoot that today. Like, yeah. it would never happen. Yeah. Um, oh, especially today. That's very, yeah, very no. that's very touchy subject for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so bad taste. Uh uh, well, JP, you start. You have, you've never seen this one before, so would you think? Yeah, was, um, yeah. I'll go ahead and like. I mean, it doesn't have the the deepest story, but it's just so fucking fun, man. It, it's it really is. If if I rented this as a kid, this would have been something that I would rent like often. You know, like this would be like a, a in the rotation heavy, just because how much gore there is and mm-hmm. just how like wild and crazy it is. So. Um, I'm giving it a seven and a half out of 10. Jeremy. Yes, sir. Uh, bad taste. Like JP said, it doesn't have the most, uh, in death plot ever. And it's pretty basic, 
but you could have a good time with it. I definitely think if you have a few people over, you'll probably enjoy it more than if you sit there like a loser like me and watch it by yourself. But uh, I give it a seven. It's good. It's fun. No way, man. I watch this shit all by myself all the time, and it never ceases to not make me laugh. Like I, I piss myself through the whole thing. It's just, it's just like one gag after another. It's ridiculous. But the thing I like about the comedy in this, it's not like it's not too silly. It's still like, oh yeah, it's just a different type of comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a clinic an absolute clinic on low budget filmmaking. Like there's really no budget to this and what they accomplish is, is quite truly amazing to me, but you know, it doesn't have to have it. Like if you're going to make a gore film, like especially a comic comedy gore film, it doesn't need to be a plot. There doesn't need to be all this craziness going on and stuff like that. I think it's great. Uh, nine out of 10 for myself. I think it's just a insanely fun movie and that's what it was intended to do. And that's what it uh, gave us. It gave us a lot of fun. So, yeah, bad taste. Um, great movie, and that is from 1987. All right, so moving along into 1989 with. Uh, a film called Meet the Feebles. This is probably probably the oddest movie Peter Jackson's ever done. Oh, it's, for sure. It's very ambitious. Like I always felt like anybody that's making these type of movies with a low, low budget is overly ambitious. Um, it's been done yeah, before. Yeah, fucking such a pain in the ass to actually make. Absolutely, man. Like you, ha- not only do you have to have the puppets, but you know the voice. Like it, there's a lot of production involved in here. Set pieces. You know, um, just people involved in this. It's it's a big production for having a small budget. And to pull off something like this is, you know, it's tough to do. It's really tough to do. Um, And it's different because it's like, it's almost like, I don't even know how to explain this movie. Here, we'll get into the synopsis. So basically, oh, I don't know, it's a short one. Multiple animals and insects experience the sleazier side of show business while working on a variety show. (laughs) So essentially, that's kind of what it is. So, Meet the Feebles. The title is um, basically it, it's it's a variety show in the, that's in this puppet world. It's like the Muppets, dude. It is like the Muppets. It's set in this. It's set in a puppet world. Uh, it's a variety show called uh, the Feebles. Meet the Feebles. Meet it, or whatever the fuck. No, it's it's just is. called the Feebles, and it's basically what this movie does. It's uh, it shows us a little bit of the variety show and stuff, but it's more about the individual characters within the variety show, and and their demons and their demons <laughs> and their problems that they're having off stage. Like our main character, which I, which his name is Heidi, um, Heidi the Hippo. <laughs> um, I would say Robert's the main character. Yeah, Robert's the main. Character. I guess so, but Robert. Heidi. Yeah, I, I guess so. Well, Heidi's one of them, anyways. Um, she has a lot of, she's like uh, the miss piggy of the show. Yeah. She she gets a lot of, uh, kind of showcase in the film and stuff, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's some plot lines with her and like porno and fucking. No, she's not in any of the porno. No, she's not the porno. There's the other porno one, but, uh, yeah, no, she's, she's like the lead of the variety show. Yeah. She's fucking the guy who's running it and yeah, the boss, the boss, so yeah, it's it's just a mismatch of like all these characters. Like we got characters that are addicted to drugs, that are like you know we got bosses that are dealing drugs. Gang we got we got some we, we got, got a Vietnam vet. We got a yeah. Vietnam vet. We also 
drugs. We have this uh, we have this rat character that's like exploit. He's doing porno. He's trying to exploit <laughs> these characters by doing asshole. porno. Yeah, he um, is an asshole. I think one of the funniest. Got- what, what's the character's name where he goes to the doctor and the doctor tells him that he has uh, he has like well, sex diseases. He has sex diseases, and then later on... He has the bunny AIDS. Yeah, he's got bunny AIDS, but later on down in in the movie... The the doc gives him a call, and he's like, sorry, bro, I fucked up on your diagnosis. You actually don't have bunny AIDS or whatever. It's like so bunny bunny pox. Bunny pox. That's so fucking funny, dude. It's funny shit, Harry the Rabbit. Harry the Rabbit. It's funny shit, because he's like, right before that, he's like, please, God, just let me go through through this, and I'll never do anything bad again. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, like, it doesn't have, like like I said, it doesn't have a forefront narrative to it. It literally is about this variety show and all these characters and their stories within it. That's really all it is. Like, you got um, Wobbit. (laughs) And then you got who's who's the uh, mongoose, the mongoose uh, bodyguard to... The mongoose? I think he's a mongoose. Are you talking about the, the, the bulldog? Oh, bulldog. But he has horns. Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess he's a bulldog. I can't remember all of them. There's so many oh, characters. Oh, you're, talk- you're talking about the boar. Yeah, the boar. The bodyguard to the the main guy. Yeah, that's a boar, I think. Like, yeah. I would say there's probably a good, like, 30 to 40 different puppet characters in this. They're actually the like, fly. there's a lot, like there's a lot there's that have lot. lines and like that are notable characters. And that's why they're so hard to remember. Cause there's like, like the worm. Oh, the, <laughs> Oh my God. There's a fly character Arthur. in this movie that literally there's a scene with a fly and the flies in the toilet <laughs> eating, eating shit. shit. <laughs> He's eating shit. It's so fucking. And that's the one thing about this movie is that these characters, God, this fucking it's, great, it's dude. super vulgar. And it's like bonkers. Like these characters are smoking crack and they're doing all like all this. There's flies that are eating shit. BSDM and dude, I I think the funniest is the dude. Like I don't. You're not a film fan. You're if you've never watched the fucking. You haven't lived until you watched the fucking Vietnam flashback scene. What is the character (laughs) that gets his own head stuck up his ass? That's the uh, that's the guy who has his wife who's trying to convince him that his wife is. He's like, I'm going to expose you on national TV right. that you had my kid. And he's right. like, it's the elephant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the elephant. Oh, my God. Like, he literally has his head up like, his ass like the whole movie. <laughs> he is stuck like up. His, he's like, my head's stuck up my rectum. It's yep. <laughs> <That's laughs> hilarious, man. But it's like batshit stuff like that. Like the porn well, actress like when she's like, like, she's like, what am I going to do? Piss on his face next? And I'm like, oh, my wife actually walked downstairs and saw that part. She's like, what are you watching? <laughs> Puppets talking about piss on each other? I just love the point. I just love the point when they're like trying to come up with names for the porno and they're like oh that's a good title and uh oh we're gonna call it this and then they're like anal something anal antics anal antics and they're like oh that's a good title that's my uh that's my two-word review for the movie on letterboxd who now is anal antics yeah (laughs) it's just it's it's there's just so much batshit shit going on in this because all these characters are just fucked up like all of them are just messed up and so I, I, I love Vietnam it. flashback, it's, dude, literally had me fucking die, and I was like, dude, "This is because so I always say that." I, that's one of the things with me. I always like, "Oh, this reminds me of Nom." So when when they're having Nom flashbacks, I'm like, "I'm like, oh my god, it's so good." And then they so threw funny. me into the pit, and I didn't see him for two days, and then I saw him. <laughs> dude, this movie needs a great release. Like, I want to see oh what it looks god. like. So bad, dude. Because. 
like I said, the ambition in this to have that many characters, that many storylines, that and much they're dialogue, all funny, that much they're craziness, all funny, bro. But it's creative because you created such, you created the most messy characters and exploited it to the point where it's so funny with every one of these characters. It's just batshit, and it's nonstop. It's literally all the ending from is the like starting of this movie crazy. to the end of this movie. It, there's no downtime because there's so many characters. It just keeps switching up, you know, where you're going with the in the story and stuff, and then and then it just ends on. <laughs> Just a That's fucking insane. massacre. Just a massacre, insane. bro. With gore. With fucking gore. And it's puppet gore. I just laugh because she loses her shit because, you know, the fucking boss is like fucking someone else. And it's just yeah. ridiculous why she loses her shit. <laughs> just like massacres everybody. Then when she walks into the bakery and she's like, I'll take this and this. And what about this? And then by the time she's fucking eating the whole bakery. Um, and and yeah. it's hilarious because like even like when, when he you calls first her see her, a fat pig too. See her big hippo nipples like through yeah. her shirt, and I'm like, they're definitely gonna show those. You, you've been point. eating, you've been eating again, you fat pig. He fucking calls her a fat <laughs> fucking pig. Oh my god, she's got it's like in cakes. Your contract that you can't eat the day before the show. Yeah, she's got like fucking cake stuck in her fucking. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's just it's it's just vulgar shit, man. It's amazing. Like uh, my two favorite things is the Vietnam flashback and then the the bunny aids, dude. <laughs> the bunny. Oh, the bunny! That shit made when he gets called <laughs> like, back. And he he's looks like, he, like such shit, dude. When he comes out of the carrot and he's like all fucking nasty. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so ridiculous. No, you got bunny pox. Then, Sorry about. It. Oh shit! Oh my god! And even then, so like even like the audience members, you could tell there's like a whole bunch of weird characters like the alien from i said the alien from bad taste is in the in the audience yeah, you can yeah, see him yeah it's just funny there's like so many weird puppets in the audience too yeah and like the fact that robert can't say ours is fucking hilarious yeah. <laughs> because his name is robert yeah i know he's like i'll wob it and then <laughs> someone, i forget which character he's like whatever wobbit <laughs> whatever <laughs> i think it might be the rat or something but dude, it, and like the fucking fly being like a little kind, like finding yeah. out, like telling everyone like, the drama on the bunny. And dude, shit. The, the, it's just it, it's such. There's so much. Like honestly, there's so many storylines and so many different things going on, and just all. It's these, actually hard to remember like, it all. It really is. There's just it, so it much really going on. is. And then even like just fucking watching like the walrus and the fucking bulldog and the fucking boar golfing i'm yeah. just like this is i was like just picturing them i forgot about that golf scene. i love that scene golf course with yeah. these costumes and shit like if you walk by imagine seeing that like what the fuck is going on over there especially when especially like the giant hip or uh, the our main character the piggy character when she's like walking down the street it's like you could tell you could tell they're in a costume imagine just like and they're shooting a gorilla style. Imagine just like driving by. And yeah. Yeah. Like, that. what is going on? I here? like that though that they use like you know full size people yeah. and stuff in costumes, and then there's puppets and stuff. It just it adds. It's just funny because they're just massive characters, right? Compared to the puppets, yeah. it's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's it's it, just so like you're right. It's so ambitious. Like, there's so yeah. much going on here. There's so many puppets and so many um, d- different characters and funny. Sh- and, has and a lot of charm. drug use and just fucking gross humor. Like I like when the it's fucking just amazing. I, I again I don't know kid like the one with the the long nose when he goes into the boss's office and they're doing the drug deal and he fucking sniffs the coke. Oh yeah, it's like you want a line. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm he good. Explodes. And then he's like, oh, you got to try this shit. And then it fucking like blows his nose up and shit, and he like yeah. dies. It's fucking ridiculous, man. It's so ridiculous. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Great just, movie. I love the uh, actually going back to the Vietnam scene, the, the the fucking Russian roulette scene. Oh my god! <laughs> like that shit is just. It's and just then he shoots it and it just fucking kills it's just, everyone. It's just yeah. puppets, man. They're up. playing Russian roulette. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The the Vietnamese gophers are just so fucking racist. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you couldn't do that today, bro. You couldn't do, do a lot of things in this movie. Today. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you'd get away with the massacre at the end either. It's just so. Yeah. It's just such a touchy subject, man. Yeah, the theater shooting. Yeah, not the <laughs> massacred everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, honestly, this needs a good I release, this man. <laughs> this movie is so so fucking just. It, like got more puking I, I waited this long to see it <laughs> got more puking and i peter jackson's the thing with puking because the the one character oh which one is it again is it is it robert no who pukes on the stage and he pops his head up and he just starts fucking yakking all I over the stage remember. towards There's the so many towards puppets, the end of the bro. towards the end of the scene he starts puking everywhere on the stage i can't remember who it is though i love that scene it's so funny pops up and he's just like, he's fucking and yakking I love everywhere I love oh my the, god i love when the uh, the frog vietnam vets throwing the knives and he kills the fucking puppet and he's like oh get another one it's just like <laughs> it's so funny when the doctor like, get another hire somebody else <laughs> man i love when the doctor's like when he first diagnosed the dude with the fucking sex disease with the diseases he's like he's like yeah he got about 10 to 12 and he's like He's like ten to twelve months to he's live. Like and he's months? like, he's like, no, ten to twelve hours. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's just a fucking wreck after it's such, it's such a funny setup to oh to, to tell him that he actually it's isn't fucking, dying from it. It's so funny. Oh man, hilarious. Like, just, like if there's one movie that that got onto my wish list for a fucking nice release, it's this movie, dude. Yes. It needs it so bad. Yeah. I'd love to see, like, just, features, like, talking about how they made it and all that. Yeah, love it. I would love it. Yeah, this one, man, it's just so neglected. It really is neglected, man. When you're only, like, DVD releases from Substance, holy shit, that's, like, embarrassing. And you wonder it why. It's probably old as shit, too. Like, when did that DVD come out? It's, like, early 2000s. It's, it's actually crazy, too, because, like I said, you know, the Bad Taste one came out in 2001, and that thing looks amazing and the substance is like a vhs transfer right yeah so no love it must have something to do with the right because like nobody ever no, peter jackson owns the right yeah he owns them now i believe but what about yeah but at the time that substance put that out and stuff because i mean anchor bay obviously did something with the acquired the rights to 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 release um uh bad taste right and lionsgate has dead alive and it has dead alive so what i wonder what was going on with uh meet the feebles at the time yeah who the hell knows i mean i I assume once peter jackson got that lord of the rings money he bought his old films oh he definitely did he definitely owns them now yeah which is smart i I mean that article when was that article from 18 yeah so man so mortal engines came out so right yeah i really hope i I would love to see uh what do you call it the naughty years peter jackson's naughty years box Box that'd be so amazing all 4ks oh (laughs) it would be awesome like to have those first five movies in a box set it would be amazing like right up to the frighteners would be awesome i don't think he owns does he own frighteners i don't know no universal does yeah i think the frighteners he doesn't have but but... arrow's supposed to put that out on 4k supposedly that's the rumor Hmm. I thought yeah. maybe he would have, 
Because he's got that Lord of the Rings and Hobbit money, man. He can probably buy that shit up. Universal. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That see that one was a little bit different though, because that was like a studio movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't. Did he write that? I don't even know if he wrote that. I don't remember. That originally was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie, actually. Yeah, I think we mentioned that before. Wasn't there like a bunch of movies that were slated to be Tales from the Crypt movies? And... Uh, from Dust Till Dawn as well. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you think about it. But, uh... <laughs> Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles, man. Meet the Feebles. She's Meet not... The feebles. She's, I like when the public... She's not gonna make it! And the fucking knife thrower kills the assistant. Yeah. <laughs> because they're on the... She's not gonna make it! <laughs> Oh, fuck, it's so funny. There's just endless parts in this. It's just hard to... These movies... Everybody's in, into it for themselves besides Arthur, Robert. That's pretty Robert. much it. Yeah. It's, pretty it's, much it. It's almost like an anthology movie following all these characters and the, like all the little <laughs> subplots, and then and it just goes bad shit at the end. But yeah, Meet the Feebles, man. What an interesting film. It really is. So much fun. Yeah, I wish Dave was here for this because I know he loves it. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. I mean, really, all you can just talk about is... It's a once-a-year kind of watch for sure now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll probably hold off until there's a better yeah. transfer, but um, I will say the one thing I was having a bit trouble with is, like, because all the puppets, like, their cartoon voices, essentially, sometimes I was having a hard time hearing what they were saying. Uh, audio is not, like, greatest... Yeah, yeah, I didn't have too much of a well. problem. Like I said, I watched the TV. Like, it wasn't too bad. I mean, audio wise, and you know, but again, did you? Where did you watch it? Um, I did. I watch it. I um, it might have been on Dave's Plex, but I might have got it from somewhere online too. Mm. I'm not sure. Um, but who knows what transfer I have? If it was the <laughs> fucking one that you guys watched or what? Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it. I think that's it. It's yeah. just so individual. It's just such a hard thing to... Yeah. Jeremy. I mean, we talked about most of this, the funny scenes. <laughs> like, I'm not like I'm not even joking. There must be, like, 40 to 50 different puppets in this. It's just incredible. That's what I said. It's like, I would love to see, like, behind the scenes, like, who designed them and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, there's a lot, man. There's a lot of fucking puppets in this. So movie. much, and like the all the and where set are pieces, they now? Like all the sets at the like they. Oh my, it's just nuts. Who has them? There's Peter so Jackson many. Hammers? Who knows, man? <laughs> I want to buy a feeble. It's fucking incredible, man. <laughs> I want to buy the bunny. Uh, I'd buy the fly. The the I'd best. buy the fly. I want he, one of those Vietnam gophers. He's literally eating <laughs> shit. Oh my. So funny. Like I love I love the part when someone's like, ah, oh, who took a big or it smells like a big donkey shit or something like they say something like that and then flies like, oh really? And he goes flying into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, man. Uh, okay, Jeremy, what do you give this one? Yeah, meet the feebles. Just hilarious. I gotta give it an eight and a half. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um I love the tagline, man. Hell hath no fury like a hippo with a machine gun. Eight and a half out of ten. It's fucking hilarious, man. You know yeah, this thing's um, gonna get bumped up once it once it gets that inevitable good transfer. Probably yeah. we'll see some more. When, shit. when I first uh, watched it, I I liked it, but the like as like time went by, 
I started thinking about like all the scenes and, and now talking about it. I it, it is truly great. Um, I'm gonna give it also the same rating as you guys with the eight point five. Sweet. Yeah. I have to say it because every time we give eight point five Hall of Fame, I know it's not a Hall of Fame. I just gotta <laughs> say it. Yeah, it's only twenty five. Close, half, isn't it? Yeah, twenty five and a half. Eight six and 24, 20, 25 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that is uh, Meet the Feebles from 1989. Brain dead. It's all right. You can look now. Brain dead. All right, so getting into the 90s, 1992 with uh, Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive. Um, very, very infamous for being noted as... Uh, what the bloodiest or the goriest or maybe even both definitely the bloodiest I think it was the most blood yeah until evil dead something like Don't that do, oh evil dead remake yeah it's, it's hard to believe though man because like the last 30 minutes of this movie is is so gory and bloody like it's just yeah I mean, the lawnmower scene takes the cake for anything really it really does it's crazy yeah um i forgot that like how crazy it gets at the end with the like giant mom and shit. Like I totally forgot that that happened. <laughs> yeah. Which is always like, okay. Kind of remind me of the boneyard a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Uh, yeah. synopsis. A young man's mother is bitten by a, a subterran. I think it's subterran rat monkey. She gets sick and dies at which time she comes back to life, killing and eating dogs, nurses, friends, and neighbors. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I gotta say, man, the, the lead character in this movie—the fuck's his name again? Is it Lionel? No, yeah. he's not the lead character. Is that the is that the son? Yeah, yeah, it is Lionel. Okay, God, that's yeah. a weird. That's a hard name to remember. Um, he always reminds me of like if Jeremy just lived at home just with his mom. Like now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Well, no, he's got a dad there too, but oh. I don't know, man. It just for some reason. He I don't just, know. My mom's not that big of a cunt. No, but do it you just, know how to swim, Jeremy? No. Are you serious? Yeah. You can't swim? I always find that no, so I never strange. learned. I always find that so, so strange. So basically, we need to get Jeremy in a pool or a, an ocean. No, and I would have be... his dad try to save him. And then then, then Jeremy will be this guy. Right. right. Pretty much. Dude, right. how do you not know how that Jeremy? Never learned. No, it's just because this guy's a little bit awkward and stuff. And he and he's like totally oppressed by his mom. He's scared shit of his, of his mom. And he like, he obviously is afraid to date and stuff because his mom's going to fucking ruin it and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. There's just all these kind of similarities and stuff. But um, yeah, man, it, ugh, fucking dead alive. What's your guys' history with this movie? Uh, so I actually, th- this was one. Um, years and years and years ago, I was hanging out with my friend Abby, uh, staying over at her house and, um, we were just up late one night on Netflix and this was on there and we just went with this and then we turned it on and it was just like, like the perfect movie to watch like that, especially like right at the beginning with the, uh, it's so ridiculous when they're in Skull Island and, and they're like Singaya. Zendaya. Yeah. No, like, I, I love that they for, call it Skull Mountain because it's just like, oh, that's a foreshadow. For for years, yeah, actually, yeah, huh, yeah, um, actually, uh, for years we used to just say Singaya 
like as a joke and nobody knew what the fuck we were talking about. And when I was watching this the other night, I, I almost like recorded that scene and sent it to her. Cause I don't even know if she knows what the movie is by this point. You know what I mean? Cause it was mm-hmm. like 10, 10, 12 years ago or something. Um, but like, I just love, like, like I just didn't expect it when watching it, when it goes from this like Sumerian rat monkey to, <laughs> to this fucking crazy gore thing, which by the way, Stop I monkey. fucking love the monkey, dude. It yeah. is the, it, and <laughs> the dude's like, like legend has it that, uh, these giant fucking slave rats, rats. slave shift ships went over the this island and raped the monkeys on there. I know the backstory behind the rat monkey is so fucking hilarious, dude. I, I love yeah. the I love the fact when it's in the zoo and it fucking kills that monkey and like rips his fucking arm oh, off. And he's it. like, oh yeah. no, not another. You're one. just watching the cute little <laughs> monkey and then it just it punches it and knocks it out. Yeah, and then, and then rips it, the like, arm off or rips the leg off. Drags it in. Yeah, it's and then so it bites the mom and yeah. just she fucking steps on its head. And even like going back to the beginning where like they fucking dude gets bit by the monkey and then they cut off his arm. I and then that. they're like they're like Singaya the and they one. cut off his other arm and, and then they cut off his head. head. No, they cut off his they cut off his hand and then they cut off the rest of the arm on him. Yeah. But, but, it, that, but that, those effects are good. Like the good. hand chop and the good. arm chop, they look good, man. Like really yeah, good. You could definitely tell he had way more money for this one. Yeah, dude. Like the honestly, man, the blood and gore scene, like they, it looks really good in this movie. Almost every scene. It's just fucking nasty. There's some nastiness to this man. What? No. What do you say? No dessert. <laughs> but I yeah. haven't had a good custard like that. The, the, I haven't had a good custard in years. Oh, when she <laughs> squeezes the her fucking wound and the, the pus and blood like, lands in the custard. And, and you know and the me, way I he can't puts stand it in pus. his mouth too. He opens his mouth real wide, and he's holding the spoon like, like yeah. full fisted, and he's like, "Oh man, it's, oh it's dude!" So I remember vile. we were watching that like gagging back in the day. Like now, I can watch it no problem. But well, it's still kind of sickening, but <laughs> it's fucking nasty. It, it, it's bro. so ridiculous, like how his mom even gets bit by the rat monkey. Like she's just there spying on her son because he's like on a date at the <laughs> at the zoo with this chick and stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? Fucking ridiculous. This movie just gets so fucking ridiculous. But the whole setup is ridiculous, man, with the rat monkey and stuff. But I just and then it, and then we never really hear anything about the rat monkey again after she kills it. It's just like, oh, I kick us for the long. Well, the focus is on her, right? Like she yeah. gets back to the house, and then yeah, and then she obviously dies, to, comes back to life and shit, and then everyone around her starts getting bit. And it's just, it's just, it's just nonstop ridiculousness, man. You know, the one thing about this movie that's always caught me off guard is to why Peter Jackson made the mum grow into like this ginormous fucking, like, I, I don't know what that, like what he was thinking with it. Cause it literally makes no sense at all. Yeah. Well, we really don't know what the fucking Singaya does to people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could have been from the, but maybe it's just, it's one of the, Byproducts of getting bit. It's like you eventually just grow somehow huge. works though. Yeah, it's like, I love when he go gets the tranquilizer. He's like, "Do you have any?" Uh, I forget what he says. He's like, "But I got tranquilizers." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I don't have sedatives. I have tranquilizers." She's like a fucking ex Nazi. You could tell he's an ex Nazi. <laughs> Dude, the fucking but the mom like when she gets all giant and shit like that shit when it's coming up the stairs and shit. You're like, "Holy shit!" Like this is a big fucking effect man it is yeah. it is and like her butt is so funny like the shape of her body it's just it's hilarious to me man so and funny tits <laughs> actually you know what? actually Dude. you ever notice the part where, like when the mom 
and like how she gets bit by the rat monk, she actually slips on a banana peel. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking silly. Which is which is kind oh. of funny because that's like you know related to to Skull Island bananas, King Kong monkey. It's just kind of funny. It's a banana yeah, peel. Monkey. It's just fucking yeah. hilarious how all that kind of comes together. But she has actually slips on a banana peel. It's fucking hilarious. Um, and like it's just so ridiculous when you like are thinking like these motherfuckers put that vicious rat monkey in a zoo like you, you just look at it and you're like that looks like fucking satan right <laughs> it is funny though right because they go and they go and capture this rat monkey from skull island just to put into a zoo but i guess that's what zoo owners do man they just want the exotics and they want the craziness and stuff right that's how you make your money so it's just fucking insane such a ridiculous movie and and it just the gore and just the fucking it just goes it goes cranks up to 11 in the final act bro i mean there's a lot of gross shit that's happening like we said that custard scene and stuff and then people are slowly getting turned and stuff and then you know it's all going to gonna go to shit when the when the uncle kind of takes over the house and then invites all his cronies over for that party and shit and then you know there's a bunch of zombies around it just goes fucking ape shit from there man it's crazy yeah, definitely a, the weirdest like infected zombie movie thing. One of the weirdest ones. Oh man, it's so cool, man! Like the designs on the people that are turning and shit are really good. But my favorite is when the head gets cut in half and the baby pops through it. Yeah, it's a cool effect, man. But, yeah, that's the best effect. You know, you know, yeah. I always thought like the baby being born. Do you realize where the baby comes from? Because, you know, like, there's that scene where the zombies are actually fucking. Yeah. yeah. Right? But do you realize where the baby actually comes out of? Like, the girl that gets him, obviously, is supposed to, maybe she was in, I don't know how the fuck they do this, but the baby isn't born from her. Where's it born from? I can't remember. The fucking radio. It comes out of the radio. Oh, that's fucking weird. So he goes downstairs and he goes to like turn up the radio volume, and all of a sudden this baby like fucking yeah, like, pulls this baby now. out of the radio. It doesn't come out yeah. of her. What the fuck is with that? <laughs> fucking I don't know. Weird maybe it's movie, a commentary, on right? Because they make a fucking point of showing the zombies fucking, but then the baby comes out of the huge old fifties radio. <laughs> it's like so bizarre. It's just it's so weird to me. And then how the mom fucking blows up and she's like this huge king kong character yeah there's a lot of weirdness but i i gotta say like one of the most brilliant things ever to create gore is have a lawnmower scene yeah yep it's so brilliant man it's so brilliant it just makes complete sense on how to you know remove the zombies you know it's just awesome it's so cool uh yeah, this is a movie that I didn't like. The first time I seen it, loved it, and then I watched it again, and I was like, eh, "It's kind of basic, but just gory." But I don't know. This watch was really good as well. Um, yeah, I just think it's kind of basic but gory. I love yeah. this movie. I love this movie, yeah. man. I think it's entertaining as shit. There's there's a it lot of, there's a lot of like good one liners in this that are kind of subtle and shit. Like the scene where. Um, the this Lionel goes up to see his mom in the bed and he realizes that she's eating the dog and he pulls the fucking tail out of the, out of her mouth right yep. and then the girlfriend comes upstairs and she's like oh my god your mom ate my dog and he, Lionel turns to her and says well not all of it yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. just nonchalantly says that it's so funny man that's oh, great yeah and it, it like I don't know I love the setup to this movie with the the first scene on Skull island or whatever and then the zoo scene and then all the like slowly gross stuff where the mom's getting worse and worse it's yeah. just 
it's really entertaining and honestly like the care like line was actually very likable too yeah and uh yeah. It's just I don't well, know. it's because it, you feel it, sorry for movie. him. You feel they they set it up kind of interesting because you 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 feel sorry for him because you know that he's totally being oppressed by his mom. His mom's overpowering, and you know he kind of he's kind of fallen into his mom's trap and stuff like that. But then there's this odd twist at the end too that makes him even more likable, right? And his mom even less. Well, she was never likable, but now you hate your mom, the mom even more and stuff. It's it's kind of funny how they throw that emotion that like that emotional mm-hmm. scene at the end of the movie where it's just been already beyond batshit crazy too some weird yeah. kind of angles that he comes from it's like this a film. more goofy norman bates it, yeah it really is man i i still think you know besides the obvious lawnmower scene where like literally the last 30 minutes of this movie is batshit insane it, there's so much effects going i wonder i'd like to see the features on how long it took them to actually do Dude, from the from the time the guests come over, forever. from the from the time the guests come over and the zombies kind of break up from the basement, like there's so much effects, like it's just fucking it's incredible, man. But one of my favorite scenes besides the ending is actually when the priest kicks the shit out of those punks in the graveyard. I kick ass for the load. Oh my god, dude! When he fucking <laughs> it's kicks, so ridiculous. He fuck when he kicks that like that what the arm off and he picks up the arm and he like bats him with it and he, he's like the limbs are breaking off as his priest is like totally kicking the shit out of him. It's so fucking funny, man. That whole scene is hilarious. It's it's kind of goofy and shit when he kicks load. the head and oh man, it's goofy but it's it's fun. It's fun. It's shot well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, this one supposedly had a three million dollar budget. Yeah, you they spent two point five million just on blood. <laughs> yeah, so much, man. Do you like the title "Brain Dead" or "Dead Alive" better? Uh, "Dead Alive." So actually. do I actually. I like the cover too. <clears throat> Cover's kind of iconic. Yeah, I like it better than "Brain Dead" cover. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's another really cool effect is again going back to the the table scene when um. Or when when they're when he's feeding the zombies, actually, it's the table scene with the zombies feeding the zombies, and mm-hmm. uh, when the the one girl, her head is basically dislodged from her from her neck, and he kind of pulls back the head and he starts feeding her through the the neck hole. Oh man, mm-hmm. oh, that is so it, nasty it, looking. Because when she's eating, yeah. it starts coming through, and he's like, oh well, I pull back the head, and he starts feeding it into the neck hole, and I'm just like, it's so fucking nasty looking, man. Such a good effect. You know what? You know what scene actually grosses me out like pretty bad is when um the mom like first gets bit and she's like held up in bed and he takes her bandage off and he's like trying to clean out her wound and it's like so fucking bad it's like so bad and you're like uh (laughs) but he has that look where he's like this looks really fucking bad (laughs) you know it's so ridiculous about that scene because it's because it's never really shown that i can remember maybe i miss it but like the mom never says like okay so if you were at a zoo or anywhere if you were just out walking and you got bit by a wild animal or at a zoo or whatever, what's the first thing you're going to do? Rabies. You're going to go to the back. hospital and get a fucking shot, yeah. obviously. So why mm. wouldn't you take your, like, she never says in the film, like, oh, we got to go home or I'm not going to no fucking hospital, blah, blah, blah. They just, the next scene is that like they're at the house and she's like all infected and dying and shit. It's like, if you got bit by, especially well, something brought, that looked like they the brought monkey. over some sort of doctor, didn't they? Yeah. But the I mean, yeah, but, like, yeah. I mean, and then she's like, oh, she has to go to the hospital. Right. But why wouldn't yeah. you just go and straight the to the mom. hospital? Right. The second you got bit, you go to the hospital and get some shots. I mean, it was an animal. Yeah. Bite. Normal especially, people. Especially a rat monkey. Something that looked like that. It'd be like, fuck that <laughs> shit, man. <Rat> <laughs> I'm going to get a shot right Dude, now. The rat monkey could have his own movie, bro. Right. Right. I just love when she I stomps on the head, though. Like, it's just. 
Oh, it's fucking eyes are coming <laughs> the out. The eyes are popping out, and the head's like totally crushed and shit. It's yeah. great because you have you have like an actual practical monkey, and then you have the stop motion. Stop right. motion. Yeah. I lo- I love stop motion. Me too, man. Like I know people say like like people used to cr- critique scenes like that of like trash, you know, effects. Mm-hmm. But like to me, they're just so they just look so cool. Not me. I grew up on Pee Wee's Playhouse. That shit used stop motion all the fucking time. Oh yeah. Yeah, me too, man. I love stop motion. I'm a big fan of Harryhausen and just anything to do oh, with stop yeah. motion, well, man. He was the best, but even yeah. like like small scenes of stop motion and stuff, like, yeah, I get it. It kind of doesn't look like it's in the movie and stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it looks otherworldly. <laughs> but to me, like, even in Evil Dead, right? Like, to me, it works really good in Evil Dead because it's, like, otherworldly, you know? It works like, good in... Um, uh, Beetlejuice too. There's some stop motion in Beetlejuice that looks pretty cool. Yeah, very good stop motion in Beetlejuice. I think the oh, the, the worst stop motion I've seen it was in Basket Case. Is <laughs> is not very good, but it's still kind of fun. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we're yeah, you know, I, stop I, motion is so cool, dude. It's a lost art too. Nobody right. does it Big anymore. Time. It because it takes so. It, I mean, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Like I can't imagine. I would get so frustrated. Well, Charlie Band used to do it right all the time. <clears throat> yeah, and that that's why Puppet Master fucking sucks now is because they don't do any stop motion. Yeah, the anything to do bad. with CG and oh my god, it's like. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, the new Puppet Master movie. There was oh, some god. good stop motion in the original Puppet Master. Oh, they they look really good actually considering you know for who made yeah, it like when i think of like when tunneler runs at the dude with his head down yeah that's cool yeah yeah uh, yeah not a ton to say about these movies but well there really isn't like there's really the, the, all all of them are very kind of basic narrative wise and stuff i mean it's a zombie movie it is not it's it's, it's a gore movie. it's it's a gore it, movie it, it, they're splatter flakes, you know, yeah. like the, it's mainly the point of them is mainly the gore. Like there's more plot in this than bad taste, but at the same time, like once shit hits the fan, the plot, there's no plot. It's just madness. Except for when, like I said, you know, towards the, the end, when he, the, there's right, a, there's yeah. a reveal in the film, right? There's this kind of like, I guess you call it a twist reveal. Mm-hmm. Something to do with the mom. My, and favorite, stuff. my favorite kill. Also my favorite kill is when the, Lady's mouth goes through the light bulb, and she's like illuminating the oh, whole yeah. fucking movie. <laughs> I love the f- which, which really doesn't make the most sense. That light yeah. bulb. I just love the fact that hilarious. like that that lady who's stuck on the wall with the light bulb and shit is there for like twenty five minutes before she finally fucking, yeah. <laughs> fucking catches on fire. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, fun <laughs> stuff. Fun yeah. stuff. Ratings. Um. Yeah. Yeah, man, I absolutely adore Dead Alive, man. I think it's just a, it's a fucking blast from the start to end. It's kind of like bad taste. Um, gore films, man, turn your brain off and just watch. I mean, there's nothing more to it and shit like that. I think this is definitely one of the better ones ever made on this kind of level. It works. There's a lot of great one-liners. Um, just a lot of crazy stuff happening here. Uh, 10 out of 10. What? I mean, 10 out of 10. I love this movie. It's a perfect example um, of relatively low budget filmmaking. That's it's this movie is, it's just so much bigger than it probably should be. I mean, it's just, it's crazy what they accomplished, especially in the last 30 minutes. I mean, most filmmakers could never pull that off. Right. Oh, it's, I mean, it's like, 
like we said with Meet the Feebles, dude, and even Bad Taste, like, Peter Jackson was incredibly ambitious. He <laughs> yeah, always man. seemed to um, exceed what his means were. Um, so I, I agree. I mean, it, it's even this one with a $3 million budget, it, it still looks like they did more than $3 million worth of work. You know, it's crazy, man. Like, when you take the last 30 minutes of this film, how many death scenes there are that are on camera. I mean, there's more death scenes in the last 30 minutes of this movie than there is in the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. (laughs) It's crazy. There is. This only made $242,000 at the box office. (laughs) I mean, that probably comes down to marketing, too. Who knows knows if, if it was even marketed properly. Yeah, who knows how many theaters it was in. That's too. just crazy. That's such a low amount of money. Yeah, crazy. My next. Um, okay, I'm uh, next, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, this is a this is a, a pretty classic 90s horror flick, man. I mean, um, with Everpool 92, it would be hard competition for this not to be mids number one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've um, talked about this before. I said... My favorite, my two, three of my favorite movies of the '90s um, are *Dead Alive*, *The Frighteners*, and uh, *Cemetery Man*. So, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned this before. So, right. Just, well, we know *The Frighteners* was your number one in '96. '94 is next, and, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Like, I mean, I've been pretty open about this. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's honestly another one of those movies that, like. I feel like plays. I would love to see this in the theater. Honestly, now that I think about it, uh, that pretty fucking amazing theater driving or something. But oh, fuck uh, yeah, yeah I'm gonna go ahead and give this bad boy a nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. Nine. I'm at a, a seven and a half. Seven and a half. I mean, I don't even know how. I mean, when you like for me rating a film right here, this is this is pure enjoyment, entertainment, and just. I mean. I There's give really nothing wrong with the it. ambition. And that's the thing, though, right? Like, th- it's just everything about it. it it's just crazy. It, it, it honestly blows my mind. It really does. It's it's like a clinic on low budget, even three million. You know, how he pulled it off is beyond me. No idea. But uh, entertainment, man. That's what that's what Peter Jackson did. These first three movies, man, like, how can you deny that they're not three of the most entertaining movies? Yeah, very very fun director. Would love to see him return to horror. And honestly, I really enjoyed watching all three of these films. Um, even Bad Taste, which I did not expect to like, really. Um, I don't know necessarily why. I just think I thought it was going to be stupid. But, I mean, it is a little stupid, but it's like stupid in the good ways. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just a great director, fun director spotlight. I forget who picked this show. Do you know? No idea. Oh, I didn't even mention that it was it was a I'm pretty sure it was a Patreon pick. Yeah. I forget who gave us the Might have been Sam. spotlight. I actually have, have no idea. I have no clue. All right. Well, that's that's that. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Dead Alive from 1992. Peter Jackson uh director's spotlight. Um yeah, what can I say, man? So, so much fun. So much fun. Um yeah, he's just uh, on a different level, that dude, man. Different level. Yeah, you got to check out. You got to check out uh, Heavenly Creatures, man. He's um, a great documentarian too. 
Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I like the I like the angle that he took for doing Heavenly Creatures also because he there's a lot of voiceovers throughout the narrative, and it's um it's literally word it's they're literally read word for word out of uh, one of the girl's diaries because she documented the entire thing her relationship with her friend and and when she killed her mom and 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 it's all documented in the in the diaries so it's like right from her own words and it's read word for word throughout the movie and stuff and i like the angle that he took because he didn't he didn't just do it from like one angle he really kind of showcased the relationship throughout the whole movie between these two girls and stuff and you got to remember it's set in the if you 50s give that movie a 10 out of 10 too what other directors have you gave two movies 10 out of 10s for it's it's brilliant man. Kibera, it's, Mario Baba. it's honestly a really well done character study of these two girls and their relationship and then and that's the focus, and then it, and it leads into the crime that they commit. And the the true story is actually really, really mind blowing. I'm not really too sure why they only got five years in jail because they were convicted. Like this is a plotted first degree murder, right? It's documented. It's mm. not it's second degree. They were so they went to jail for five years and were paroled. It's the craziest thing, and they're both still alive to this day. Which country did that happen in? Uh, New Zealand. Oh. and um yep. but yeah they're still alive to this day they're, they're 83 years old crime i'm probably gonna do it in new zealand <laughs> and they both what, the one girl became like a very famous author she changed her name and went under and i guess nobody even knew that it was her until 1994 about the time the movie came out her the the connection was made between this author, this very famous writer and that she was the one that was part of this murder and stuff. It's kind of interesting, but they're both still out to this day. And I guess it's rumored that one of the stipulations was when they got out of jail after five years was that they were never allowed to see each other again because their relationship was documented as being very obsessive towards each other. And there's this, um, there's these undertones of the parents and everyone thinking that they had a, um, a lesbian relationship. And, you know, it's back in the fifties, right? And there's this crazy scene in the film where, the doctor's basically talking to the mom and he's telling her, he's like, they're talking about her possibly being a lesbian and stuff like that and how it can be fixed with science and shit. It's just like of the times, right? Like they didn't talk about this type of stuff and they figured it was, it was just something you grow out of. And it's crazy, man. It's crazy to hear that shit, man. But uh, it's just a really good movie, man. I mean, I would watch the first half of Peter Jackson movies before I'd watch anything he's done in the last 20 years. I mean, I, it's not that I don't like the Lord of the Ring movies. They're just... I've never even seen them. They're not really my type of thing, to be honest. I actually... The first time I watched them was actually after the... It was years ago. I watched all three of them, the, the long versions. And it was like, what, 12 or 13 hours of straight Lord of the Rings? It's like... The extended... Like, Return of the King is literally like five and a half hours long. Yeah, it's like four, four and a half or it, something. It's something like that. It's just like they're beyond <laughs> epics. But I always think of... Um, of clerks too when they're talking about like Lord of the Rings and they're having that battle and shit like that and like all they do will rule them all all they do is fucking walk oh yeah the clerks it's true it's true because they actually do walk a lot there's only one return and it ain't over the king it's fucking ridiculous it's of the Jedi (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a great that is a great scene I I love that shit that's not even the best scene in the movie the ending scene's the best scene in that movie it it makes me laugh every fucking time man Kinky Kelly and the stud Always makes me laugh. Oh, yeah, right. Peter Jackson, man, definitely one of the most unique directors of all time. I have two different sets of careers, man. Very interesting. Huh. 
But uh, yeah, that's going to conclude episode uh, 221. Peter Jackson in the books. You guys have anything else? Good old PDJ. PDJ. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 221 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. If you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash moods616. If you want to follow uh, late JP, you could do so at youtube.com slash double shot J. You even post anymore, JP? Let's see you make a video in like eight months. Uh, I made one a couple months ago. Update, I think. Yeah. Follow me my channel, youtube.com slash Adios World 22. Leave us a voice mail at 724-426-6665. Leave us a email at 22shotsmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. 22shotsmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com. Search bar 22shotsofmoodsandhorror podcast. Join us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast. And please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked down in my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22shotspodcast. All right, everybody, I should do it for this week's show. We shall be back in a couple weeks. Going to take a couple-week break. But we'll be back in a couple weeks with a episode on crazy bitches. So we're going to be doing May, Alice Kills, and Excision. So a uh, psycho bitch episode. So should be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. It's kind of an interesting idea. So we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Yes, sir. This is...